Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1407, season 14, episode 7. I have titled this episode, Progeny's Problem, Victory Over Venom, and Immigration Integration, because that's exactly what it is, my friends. It's all these things and more. Uh, you know, we've got more news about the COVID vaccine. We've got news about the, the immigration. Uh, we've also got predictions, right? Predictions about the second American revolution. Uh, give me one quick moment. To drop a quick comment in the chat, which you guys can join either there on Twitter slash X or over on Rumble. So if you're not behind the scenes in the studio with me and the exclusive members over here, uh, you can jump into the chats over on Rumble and on Twitter. I'm saying thank you for joining us. Give me one quick second. Thank you for joining us. USA. Give me the flag. Flag emoji. Thank you for joining us, America. Yeah. Uh, it, what, what you've begun to notice uh, so far coming into this year, this season, I'm really trying to do a lot more community engagement uh, for the several. And I know that sounds crazy because here we are 14 plus seasons. You know, it's like, how have we not engaged the community? Well, you know, uh, for the majority of our work, it's kind of been theoretical. It's, it's not been theoretical. It's been research. It's it's not been something we've practically done. I'd say we've been a little bit more active and proactive and, you know, doing things with the information in the past, like maybe three or four years. And that's not, and, and that is including like me kind of taking a step back. And so engaging the community this time around these years, it's a lot, it's a lot different, definitely a lot more different. And so, you know, if you guys are joining us again, either from Twitter, from Rumble, uh, from Instagram as well, uh, from Brighteon, from Odyssey, we have all kinds of people that have joined us that are not uh, from our first Instagram, right? There are a lot of different iterations that have gone into the work that we've done here, guys. And so we've got a lot of different news is what it boils down to. You heard me talk about this in previous episodes. We've been here seeing things like the hypermilitarization of the police where they're like literally taking uh, tanks to people, right? Conducting Jade Helm, police state type martial law drills all the way down to the defunding of the police uh, brought to you by Black Lives Matter and George Soros. And now, now coming back to it, we've, we've covered a lot from graphene oxide, chemtrails, vaccines causing autism, uh, you know, so many different things that we have a rich history that, to be quite honest, people don't really think about whenever we, 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 we make the constant statements that we make today. And so that's why whenever we look at things these days, it's really steamrolling. I'm quite honestly hitting like an information saturation point. We've got to start doing more shows to alleviate the informational pressure of everything that's going on. Uh, and some of that too is also to help shape our worldview, to help shape our thought process, uh, to not be mired down by the media, to be uh, programmed by, by, by external sources. You see, you got to learn to think for yourself, especially in days like this, man, because the, 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 the spirit of delusion has, has people. And there are a lot of people who are spiritually bound. Like, you know, the, the way cops are bound to can't do nothing about these migrants over there in New York City. There are a lot of people over here that are spiritually bound by spirits that 
in, inhibit them from doing the things that they need to do, right? Because there's a self-actualization that comes with that, with, with, with proceeding in authenticity, with, with doing what you need to do, right? Not, uh, not playing fiddle, fit fiddle or any of this other stuff that you see going on today. And so we have a history of just addressing these issues, trying to change our worldview. And, 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 and now because of the, the rapid nature at which things are going, we're becoming, we're, we're having to think about, okay, what does a parallel system look like? We've got talks about the great, and, this, and that's, that's, what's crazy. We've got talks about the great reset, the second, the second American revolution, things like this and more, and they're all tied in. They see us coming together. They see us having these discussions and they're trying to shut them down. It's not simply a, a, a debate about free speech or what have you, right? It's much greater than that. Much, much greater than that. And so we're going to be talking about these things. We're going to be talking about these things and more in this edition. But first, let me go ahead and get into the quick updates so we can start this bad boy. Uh, honestly, if you guys are in Solana, if you guys are in crypto, crypto's pumping right now. It's a beautiful thing to see. It is a beautiful thing to see. Uh, I put out a tweet, uh, a tweet. I put out a post on my, my, my Twitter slash X profile today because uh, two years ago, I had just started my, uh, I had just started, I had just started in crypto around this time frame. I, I, I completed one cycle, right, from not a round trip, or I suppose, but a, a cycle. I came in whenever Solana was roughly $120. I wrote it all the way down to $8. And now it's back at, 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 at $130. Uh, I'll, drop the, I'll drop the link for that if you guys want to follow some of my crypto adventures and some of the other stuff I'm doing because it's we're getting busy. We're getting really, really busy over here in crypto. And it makes me think, well, shucks, if I can do this with crypto, I need to figure out how to crack the whip over here with the podcast. I got people putting out posts coming up coming up with their own content um scheduling things reaching out to people i got like fleets of people over here in crypto and i need to figure out how to translate that over here to the podcast and we need to have our say our own infrastructure up, set up over here and so this is all stuff that you guys can discover if you jump into the discord and the telegram that i've created because i need to start having these discussions we're also going to be having um an exclusive members meeting this Saturday as well, so we can start building up this infrastructure. I'm serious, man. This is what it mean. This is what I mean by engaging the community. You can find the links for our Telegram, our Discord, because we scramble it every single week in the description bar below. I'll put that with the episode article as well as in the Telegram, so you guys have a full week to get access. Um, and if you want to get exclusive membership, you can do that as well. Patreon.com forward slash noise n o i z c e. I'm really trying to, I guess, like level up. You know, like you know. You know, I'm trying to level up and this is what it looks like. It's not, you know, oh, shucks, I got to do all this stuff or, oh, darn, you know, I have to work. Yes, MFR, you have to step into the adversity. You have to do the hard things. You have to do the boring things too, That which is usually why it's hard because people want things very fast in this world. But I'm digressing. Patreon.com forward slash noise. That's the best way to support us. Telegram is also another great means of communication. That's where we're putting out like our, our, our podcast episodes. Um, you can find all the links to support us in the description bar below, guys. You guys know the deal. Patreon.com forward slash noise era, forward slash noise. Join us. Uh, get yourself some New Leaf Naturals, CBD, and 
you know, like it, it's 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 at a certain level. At a certain level, I get frustrated. I get frustrated because like it's 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 that it's neither here nor there. I get frustrated because I feel like it's something that we have to do, but it's something that we really don't. That's not what we have to be making money for. We have to figure out better ways and better better utilitarian purposes for repurposing people's money. And they and the and the and the global elites see this as well. They see people creating this alternative economy. They see people divesting their dollars. They see people voting with their dollars, voting with their lifestyle. And that's why you see them coming after it culturally, economically, spiritually, and more. And 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 we've got articles about this. Now you have people demanding more from the government. And I can't help but think about how that kills this concept of creativity, of sovereignty, of independence, and more. And so again, I'm rambling, I'm digressing. We need to hurry up and get into the to to to, to the episode. We have a lot of different things to cover for you guys. I mean, my 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 word. Just last week we covered for you cannibalism. Cannibalism. Right? And how that goes hand in hand with child sex trafficking and more. But let's go ahead and start getting into the news, the audible mentions and things like that. We have a very information-packed episode for you guys, as you can tell. Let's go ahead and jump into that, and then we'll continue on from there. You don't you don't need You'll get enough of my pontificating and politicking throughout the, the transmission. Let's go ahead and get into more concrete things. Jacob Rothschild died this week at the age of 87. <laughs> I shouldn't chuckle. You know, death is no laughing matter. But, you know, uh, Jacob Rothschild died. I think Prince Charles got taken to the hospital because he's got COVID. You know, these guys are dropping left and right. And so when we make the statement about how we're not dealing with these type of elites that have like class about them, you know, and elegance about them, a grace, no matter their evil, you see, it's the front. We're not dealing with that level of sophisticated evil. What these type of people did is they set up a system that would carry out the orderly extermination of humanity in their absence and in their death. So yeah, Jacob Rothschild died at the age of 87 it says that Lord Jacob Rothschild, financier and descendant of the Rothschild banking family, has died aged 87. Rothschild's family confirmed his death in a statement of the Press Association, though no cause was given. It says that the statement read, quote, Our father Jacob, who was a towering presence in many people's lives, a superbly accomplished financier, a champion of the arts and culture, a devoted public servant, a passionate supporter of charitable causes in Israel and Jewish culture, a keen environmentalist, and much-loved friend, father, and grandfather. Shortly after his death was announced, quote, Satan began trending online as users shared an image of Jacob Rothschild, fourth Baron Rothschild, posing with creepy artist Marina Abramovich in front of a huge mural of the Thomas Lawrence painting, saying, quote, Satan summoning his legions. And so, yes, that's it. You know, we I grew up in a time frame where there wasn't so much, like, overt evil. To where it wasn't just like so apparent, right? These guys they 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 used to hide some of what they do, and this is this is how they do it, at least how they used to, hiding in front of images, speaking in code, speaking in symbolism, doing things like that. Now, now you have people like Marina Abramovich because it is like a passing of the torch, openly doing spirit cooking, 
openly worshiping of the devil. It's not it's not like a cool, it's not like a, a an edgy avant-garde kind of subtle low-key thing that you have to look out for. No, these are overt people. And this is what he spawned. So I'm good. I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad that people compared Jacob the Jacob Rothschild to Satan. But it's not even about him. And I think what's what's crazy is again it symbolizes it, it, it symbolizes a passing of the torch, a changing of the mantle. That, like, well, I mean that the fact that this doesn't matter to a degree, the fact that the royal family is now dying. I mean, we'll be talking about stuff later on in the show, you know, about the old world, you know, how we're in this 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 supposed new world in transition. The, the, the technocratic new world that they're trying to bring forth, the leaving of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. These are all very real things. And Jacob Rothschild, his family, his dynasty and stuff like that, they symbolize this, this old world order and his death is what, what, what is ushering in this new world order and more. I mean, that, that's, that's what I get from this type of thing. So when he passed, uh, you know, I, I had about the same reaction I did whenever Prince Charles was, was, evacuated to the hospital you know these these people don't get to see the the, the world they're the hellish world that they're actually building we do mitch mcconnell longest serving senate leader in u.s history to step down from position in november it says that mitch mcconnell who turned 82 last week like here you see what i'm saying age gap biden's like 70 uh, Biden's like 70, Mitch McConnell's 82, Jacob Rothschild's 87. We let old folks rule us. We let Grant Trump's up, up there too. He's like 70, pushing 80. We let all these old folks sit up over here and fight. This is old money, fighting over how they're going to control us. Uh, Mitch McConnell, who turned 82 last week and has suffered multiple public cloak glitches, will step down from his U.S. Senate leadership position in November after maintaining power for almost two decades as the longest serving Senate leader in U.S. history. Says Mitch says that McConnell was set to announce his decision on Wednesday in the well of a Senate of the Senate AP reports. So again, it, what's crazy is I saw tweets about this. Uh, he his his it was either his wife or his sister-in-law, a family member, died or was in a car wreck two weeks prior to this, and all of a sudden now he's going to resign. And, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more resignations and assassination attempts and hit jobs and things like this uh, leading into November. And I think, again, that's also going to create like a vacuum and shut down the government to where we really don't have not only like incompetent people there, but actual vacancies within the government. That's going to create all kinds of problems. But again, this is what they want. What you're going to be hearing throughout the entirety of this transmission is like a deep explanation of the socioeconomic reformation, the socio-political reformation, and what, what, what that's what we used to call it. Now it's termed as the Great Reset. And so these people stepping down, dying, passing away, dying suddenly, right, or just disappearing, that should really tell you something, that we're no longer in like a peacetime, that we're, we're, we're creeping into like a kinetic active time frame where you're just going to see you're just like you, you're going to see even more increasingly chaotic things. And think about it, man. Uh, Mitch McConnell, 
It's not about him as a person. It's it's the mindset. 82-year-old people. We have an article coming out later on in the show talking about people who have taken the vaccine who are suffering from neurological diseases. And so when we harp on people about that experience deficit, 82, I have been doing the podcast since I was like, what, like 18, 19, 20, 30, 32 now, right? 32 now. It's crazy. 82, two decades. Who, what I'm trying to get across is when these people step down, who's going to step up? And if nobody steps up, who's going to run things? You want to be president? Who's going to be president? Who's got, in all honesty, who's got the balls? Who's got the stones? Who's got the capability? Who's who's competent? Who's got the drive, the passion? Last week, we talked about it. Directionless denizens. You want to follow somebody like Mitch McConnell? You want to follow somebody like Trump? You want to follow somebody like Biden? Or do you want to follow somebody like Jesus Christ? I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm looking at what's going on, what this means and, 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 and what it portends update U S air force member who sets himself on fire outside Israeli embassy in DC chanting free Palestine has been identified. He reportedly died after the tragic event. Did you guys hear that? Did you guys, did you guys see that video that popped off? Uh, we might be able to play it. I tried to find like an uncensored version so we could see him burn. Um, this guy, again, what we could we could call him either like a perfectly programmed person, you name it, a hardcore activist. But he literally sets himself on fire. You hear him scream, you know, free Palestine, free, free, free Palestine. But you hear him try to scream it and then the flames essentially engulf him. But this is a case study for what's going on in the world right now, man. We literally have, and that's why I'm switching up with the hard hard switch. Jacob Rothschild dying, Mitch McConnell stepping down, U.S. embassy, uh, U.S. soldiers burning themselves outside of embassies. It's like, what is this? What does this symbolize? Let's see if we can get a name, and then we'll play the clip. Yeah, we'll see if we can get a name, and then we will play the clip. Yeah, the man who was later identified as Aaron Bushnell was transported to a local hospital by D.C. Fire and Emergency Medical Services and was in critical condition, according to D.C. authorities. Is Aaron Bushnell. I am an active duty member of the United States Air Force, and I will no longer be complicit in genocide. Now, let's pause right there. Let's pause right there. We have, and and and. How many times do we talk about people not wanting to be involved in these illegal wars? The psychological damage that it costs. I mean, look at how the VA treats its its its, its soldiers. Look at how the government treats its people. This is somebody that you know is in my age range, who is employed by the U.S. government, who has given himself over to this corrupt and occupied regime, and now they are carrying out illegal wars. And so, what does he do? He sets himself on fire. And so, when we talk about what's going on down there at the border. National Guard and state troopers, everything that's going on with that, you, the military getting sent in, that's civil war as well. You have compose, competing ideologies and competing orders that, that are no longer congruent, that are no longer parallel, working in tandem. It's no, so it's not ideologies, it's a, it's a thought process as well. Let's continue. I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest 
but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. We, we moved it forward. Yeah, so, so he died after this. Aaron Bushnell passed away after reportedly setting himself on fire while shouting "Free Palestine!" So this is the state of our of our soldiers. This is the state of our officers. This is the state of our military. This is the state of our defense. So when we're talking about the neurological diseases for people who have been vaccinated. Post-vaccination personality disorders, mental health epidemic, perfectly programmed people. You guys have been listening to me for like years. So it, it's just your it's just your boy EJ just saying that stuff again. No, dude, you don't understand these compounding issues and how this is getting worse, faster, quicker. It's not just people dying, right? It's 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 the system unfortunately crumbling. It's these, it's it's like when I like, I'll put it to you this way, man. When I get <laughs> when I get up on Thursdays, when I get up to to record, to speak with you guys, to do this, to speak the truth, to get out there, there is a there is a certain drive that comes over me that just gets me through so much in life to do this type of work. Imagine your day to day operations compounding and getting worse, and you not really knowing the the the, the, the source of it. And everything you're doing just progressively getting worse. That's what this administration is doing to people. Somehow it's it's officiated and normalized like destabilization and destruction. It's absolutely crazy. In other news, P. Diddy is now being accused of sex trafficking akin to Jeffrey Epstein, eliciting underage sex worker sex workers, Rico racketeering, and grooming men for sex. Now, uh, what seems, what's crazy is this has been coming out for a while now. Individuals' uh, depravity of wanting drugs. and What's crazy is this has been coming out for a while now that, you know, P. Diddy likes men. He's out here raping people. You know, that's a part of the deal. P. Diddy just wants a body. Like, he'll give you a record deal, but he has to give you, but you just have to give him a body. Cat Williams talks a lot about this. A lot, uh, uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, P. Diddy being this type of person. And uh, it seems like it's finally starting to come out now. Uh, but what they're doing is they're connecting him to Jeffrey Epstein, uh, things like this, man. So while all this other stuff is going on, we've got P. Diddy facing f- sexual assault claims and child sex trafficking claims. But let's pull back. Where did he learn this? We could we could blame P Diddy and we will blame P Diddy. He will be thrown out there to the wolves. Is this you know related to Jeffrey Epstein? Who knows? But where did he learn this? There he is, pictured with DJ Khaled. Where do these type of people who get this type of fame and wealth and things like this learn these type of honestly evil traffic, evil evil tactics? 
they learn it from the elites, from the vampirical elites. And ironically enough, we have a video about that later on in the show. But uh, let's go ahead and play a little bit of this clip and then we'll continue on with the show. Where they're talking about this being a criminal enterprise that's all feeding towards this one individual's uh, depravity of wanting drugs and sex and rock and roll, roll and everything in between. That everyone seemed to know and go out and facilitate what Sean Diddy Combs wanted. Even in part of these allegations or these complaints, they call his chief of staff, the Ghislaine Maxwell, to P. Diddy's uh, Jeffrey Epstein, saying that this is a total sexual enterprise to feed into uh, his desires. We have sexual assault allegations. We have sexual harassment allegations relating to what he deems to be an employment relationship. We have um, allegations that Sean Combs and his son were involved in a shooting and that he was told to cover up that helped to cover up that shooting with the police, that he was told to lie to police. We have that he was groomed to engage in intercourse with another man, with other men. We also have uh, these really serious sex trafficking allegations that they were eliciting underage sex workers, bring them across state lines, and RICO racketeering allegations, which mean in furtherance of a criminal enterprise that relates to drug use uh, and the solicitation of sex workers. Does he get cover? This is a civil suit. Does he get cover for acknowledging his behavior in criminal activities, or does he say it was all forced? That's what I found to be so interesting about this. He actually admits in this complaint that he lied to police officers, and he's just saying that he was under the manipulation, the fear of threat and intimidation by Combs. So that's not necessarily right. enough to save you if there were to be a criminal inquiry down the line. So it's a risk Absolute to kind of thicken risk. out the situation because now there could be an after effect. He could get a settlement here or he could go to trial and win this and then wind up having his own legal problems. A lot of these allegations are criminal in nature, although this is a civil complaint. So presumably if it were right. investigated and deemed to have some veracity, there would be more to this. So, but this is based on sex trafficking allegations as well as claims that are criminal in nature. For me, I'm thinking SDNY, that being the Southern District of, Manha of New York, right here in Manhattan, they're probably looking at these allegations and thinking, where are the videos? Where are these still shots that we're seeing in these complaints? And can we investigate it to see if there's more here, potentially criminal charges? And his allegation is Combs forced him to solicit sex workers and underage girls for sex. Okay. But also drugged him, sexually assaulted him, and groomed him to have sex with other men. So if you see me looking down, I'm looking down at the 73-page complaint that was filed yesterday. In terms of allegations of celebrities, we're talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. being shown through still photos of what the complainant says they have videos of, of groping him. There are allegations of P. Diddy um, touching the genitalia and anus of the complainant. And also, if you look to the complaint here, there's a few Easter eggs here where it this says the rapper redacted on Mr. Combs' yacht consorting with underage girls uh, and sex workers. And you look down to the redaction it says, well, the person is a Philly rapper who dated uh, Nicki Minaj. I think that may be Meek Mills. And also says an R&B singer redacted in Mr. Combs' Los Angeles home, consorting with underage girls and sex work. And when you go down to the redaction, it says he's a Grammy Award-winning R&B singer who had trouble with law enforcement after assaulting a Bayesian billionaire. I don't know who's a billionaire from Barbados that we know that dated someone. That sounds like Chris Brown. So there's a lot of big names here, both as Easter eggs and also just on the front pages of these allegations. Wow. Yeah, so that, that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. That's the entertainment industry. That's what they have pumping over the radio waves 24-7. They got people listening to this type of stuff, glorifying this type of behavior.
inflicting this kind of trauma, inflicting this type of just this is not normal behavior. This is not normal behavior. This is not normal culture. This is why when you hear me talk about how uh, some of what we see going on in rap and, and 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 trap and all this other stuff, this is like a manufactured culture. This is thugism, thuggies. This is this is not normal. They're teaching us to be degenerate, and they're teaching us to just like, like this behavior existed throughout history, no doubt. But we're now a civilized country, a civilized nation, but. Look at the uncivilized people that we have bringing in here. So you see how we've normalized being uncivil. We've normalized being degenerate, being kind of thuggish. And now we've literally summoned up thuggish people down at our southern border. And because we are, we've been desensitized to it, we've been normalized to it, we think, oh, well, we can coexist with it. We, we cannot coexist with the thuggery that's taking place. The th this, is, this is not normal thuggery. This is not normal. So the, the the favorite rappers you have, the people you, you you celebrate and that you, you know, idolize, they're out here trafficking women, beating women, doing drugs. I, I can't believe we got Rick Ross over here saying, like, I, I put a molly in her drink and she didn't even know it. Right. And so this is, again, just a type of culture that's out there. And I hate to sound like a whiny old man, but I'm seeing what it's done. And somebody that had the option to do hip hop and do shows and do all this stuff, I see what's going on with 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 the music and the frequencies, the cymatics, and how we're able to affect people. Casting spells, words, the way we use things. These people know what they're doing. Let's let's let's. They know what they're doing, and you do too. Thankfully, let's continue on with the show. Let's try to hurry up and get through some of these honorable mentions. I don't want to spend too much time. Uh, this might just be the headline, unfortunately. As Emmanuel Macron says, EU troops may fight against Russia in uh, against Russia for Ukraine. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says prepare for war. That's right. It says French President Emmanuel Macron says European troops should be prepared to fight against Russia in solidarity with Ukraine. That might, again, just be the headlines. Might just be the headlines. Texas nuclear power plant weapons plant or Texas, Texas nuclear weapons plant forced to shut down due to massive wildfires. So this is something a little bit more pertinent. Some people are saying that the globalists have arrived in Texas. Some people are saying it's an attack. Some people are saying it naturally happened. But either way, I think this is a pretty wild thing to think about shutting down power plants because of environmental disasters. This is exactly the type of things that these climate and eco-extremists would like. Let me read this quick article by Frank Bergman from, from Slade News. They put this up February 28th. It says, as wildfires ripped through Texas, a nuclear power plant was forced to shut down due to a massive blaze. The Pantex plant, the primary U.S. facility tasked with nuclear weapons disassembly, was briefly shut down Tuesday night, officials said in a statement on social media. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued, on, issued an emergency declaration on Tuesday for 60 counties in the Texas Panhandle. The declaration came as the Smokehouse Creek fire grew to encompass 470 square miles. That's intense. The AP reported, citing the Texas A&M Forest Service, as the blaze traveled south towards a plant, the Pantax plant, the facility paused operations and began evacuating personnel from the sites as wildfires emerged north of the facility. Uh, let's, let's play this quick clip over here where it just has footage it seems of the fire that's going over there that's a lot of acreage to be burning 
and it's right there on the panhandle. It says a rapidly widening Texas wildfire more than doubled in size Tuesday, promptly evacuating, prompted evacuation orders in several towns in the state's rural panhandle. And so we're, uh, Biden still hasn't gone to East Palestine or, or Maui. Texas Governor Greg Abbott issued a disaster declaration for 60 counties and urged people to limit activities that could create sparks. So what is this president going to do when we literally have this much damage being done? Is it going to be taken across? Is, is, is the governor going to fix this himself? That's intense. It says located just north of Amarillo, the Pantax plant has for decades served as the main site for assembling and disassembling America's massive nuclear arsenal. It operates under the oversight of the National Nuclear Security Administration, according to the website. It built its last bomb in 1991, but it has dismantled thousands of retired weapons in the years since the site, site states. And so we've actually got a couple more clips, too, of like what, what what's going on with the fire. But think about just that acreage for a moment, guys. 470 square miles. 470 square miles. Evacuating towns. Look at this right here. And what's crazy is this 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 site of just like a burning American countryside is becoming all too familiar. You know, again, as I'm just reading this, I was thinking about East Palestine, Lahaina. You know, don't get me started about Flint, Michigan, right? But just look at this devastation. People's houses literally still on fire. We've got a clip right here, too, of just uh, cattle running, getting away, just trying to get away from the, the, trying to get away from the fire. Right here. Yeah, urgent evacuations are underway as massive and dangerous wildfire rapidly spreads with emergency sirens throughout multiple locations. God. Multiple cattle barns burn to the ground in Rock Island, Illinois. So as we have literally uh, fires taking place in in over in Texas as well, multiple fire crews battled a large fire at, at a Quad Cities livestock facility. According to ABC News affiliate KQ, KQWC, crews responded to the Rock Island livestock auction just after 5.30 p.m says they found the fire had spread throughout the buildings and barns, encompassing about 200 yards of land the size of about two fo football fields. Yeah, see, two football fields compared to, again, what is the acreage? Or how many how many square miles? 470 square miles? That's intense. So everything's just burning. And again, what does this symbolize? They, they, they have festivals for this every single year. 
They are trying to burn man. It's what the transhumanists do. That's why they're, they're, they're burning livestock facilities, food processing plants, uh, having these train derailments, chemicals being spilled into, in, into waterways, all kinds of stuff like this. It's not, it's not an accident. Some of it could actually be taking place by accident. Again, experience deficit, incompetence running things, people literally falling asleep at the wheel or, or dying suddenly, so to speak. We know what's happening. This is a live look at the Rock Island Livestock Auction Barn. The wooden structure, a total loss after it caught a blaze around 5.30 tonight. Fire departments from all around the Quad Cities responding. Now, officials say the cause of the fire is unknown at this time. You can see the insane flames on your screen. Rock Island Fire Marshal Greg Marty says 22 cattle have been rescued. However, one is dead and one is still on the loose in Rock Island. No humans are believed to be injured or dead. Firefighters are asking the public to stay at least two blocks away from the scene as they contain the blaze, and they especially urge people to stay away from 31st Avenue and 9th Street. The auction barn is located at 534 34th Avenue in Rock Island. Arriving crews uh, arrived to find fire um, basically spread throughout uh, the buildings and the barns um, covering area of about uh, almost 200 yards. So it encompasses several city blocks. Hundreds of people, including those living near the structure, watched as it burned to the ground. Smoke was visible for miles. And one woman says she was worried that the fire was going to spread to her home. It was really intense and a lot of popping and uh, fire um, just grew and got larger and got larger and got larger. I was concerned about how high the flames were getting and how high it was up in the air and how uh, dry everything was around us. Fire Marshal Marty says only Rock Island crews are needed at the scene at this point. We will continue to post updates on our website at WQAD.com. All right. Thanks, guy. Thanks, news guy. You know, it's it, and so this is just the backdrop that's taking place, right? Fires taking place, train derailments, elitist dying. Insane. What's crazy is I, I watched this and I, I think back to maybe like two weeks or so ago, seeing like a, a another clip of people in Spain and they were trying to put out fires that had either fallen from the sky of another larger fire that was off in the distance, or they said that somebody was intentionally starting these things. But, you know, you just didn't have this many fires. This isn't climate change. This any this isn't any of that stuff, right? These are deliberate things taking place. So as I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, Mike, my God, this is all with the power on. This is all with the power on. This is all with things supposedly running the way that it should be, right? That's what we're being told. It should run normally and smoothly as, as, as we're being told. But what else happened earlier this week or last week? What, what, what else happened? Basically, I talked about it just last week. An AT&T, AT&T outage that took place. And, how, and what have we been hearing from Klaus Schwab this, this, this whole time? about a dangerous cyber pandemic that would make uh, COVID-19 look like a minor inconvenience, a small disturbance in comparison. You imagine having fires break out. Like imagine the power shutting off. I'm not 
I'm not trying to hurry up and podcast. That's for sure. There's no internet. There's no cell phone. They're shutting down nuclear power plants because, well, they can't get the systems up. So that ha- that that's going to explode here in a few too. You have to think about, again, this thinly built society that they are deliberately destroying. Here's somebody having a revelation saying that cyber attacks are coming. And the AT&T outage is predictive programming, just like in the movie, Leave the World Behind, produced by the Obamas. Infrastructure, me and Brandon have been talking about this, Patrick. I don't think you guys understand how vulnerable and weak that is. Look at what's happening right now, just with the cell phone thing. And I've said this before. Have you ever stopped at a four-way intersection and the light's not working? It's just flashing. Chaos. 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 People are out of their cars fighting. Could you imagine? Yeah, yeah, everybody come in. Could you imagine for one moment everything just shuts off? Okay. And I'm telling you, if the FBI, Christopher Ray is out there, Pat, going, oh, this is David, then why the hell don't you go next door, talk to my orcas, that rat, and say you're letting them in the borders wide open. So this is a BS. Hey, th- th- this is predictive programming, just like the Obamas did in the movie Leave the World Behind. They have to show you what they're going to do before they do. This was a test run, and you nailed it, Tom. This wasn't a, a Wi-Fi power outage. No, this was an. I I guarantee you, this is going to be an attack. We're going to find. That's why they're not saying you. Hey, look. As a normal course of doing business, you do um, you do penetration tests. We did penetration tests on the bamboo system that was at PHP. We want to make sure it's secure that our agents data is secure, and more importantly, the people that have insurance policies with tons of personal information is secure. Yeah, no. They purposely want to collapse power grids. They have a reason to collect as much information, create a whole new system, and then offer you back your so-called freedoms and identity as long as you sacrifice them. They choose to fire into his suit, which as long as you sacrifice them uh, to join this new system. We're going to go over a couple more articles that explain just recent cyber attacks and things that are taking place. And then we also have a video as well uh, where it seems like a TikToker, some, one of these influencers, one of these people over here on social media has a audio clip of a disaster recovery specialist talking about some of the work that they're doing, right? More confirmation of how these elites are out here building bunkers and getting prepared for some type of event, right? Some type of event could be a cyber attack, could be a terrorist attack, could be a, 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 a small tactical nuke, could be environmental weapons, you know, detonating over there in new, in new york city flooding it a lot of crazy stuff going on man 2024 is going to be wild massive cyber attack hits u.s big pharma leaving tens of thousands of prescriptions unfilled again think about this as well on this thinly veiled society that we have you don't get your starbucks you don't get your pills i know i was gonna say you know you getting your starbucks means you're dead but what I'm trying to say is soften the blow. People not getting their prescriptions means they're going to die. Cyber attacks mean, okay, well, you have to go back to paper, <laughs> paper applications. You have to go back to paper records. How many people are using paper or using pen and paper today? Keeping track of people's dosages, keeping track of people's like medications, stuff like this. They drop out of that, man. People are going to start dying. And these are the consequences of this of this cyber attack that they're planning for. But because we live on like an extremely technologically dependent society, nobody, nobody thinks about it. We don't care about we, we don't care about the security risks. We just want to use it now. Keep this in mind. I want you to keep this in mind because we're gonna we're gonna flip into another article real quick, right? 
still tech-related, but keep this in mind when we come back to the cyber attacks and things like this and more. Microsoft OpenAI chatbot suggests suicide, other bizarre and harmful responses. So we've got people who are addicted to Wi-Fi, people who are addicted to technology and don't want to go outside. And now we have people uh, talking to chatbots and giving us the information of the AI. And what is the siren song of the AI? It's kill yourself. Kill yourself. And this is a big deal, right? Because we heard that, you know, uh, Coinbase was down. ChatGPT was down. AT&T is down. These are, these are as that gentleman said in the previous, uh, in the previous clip, these are penetration tests by the cyber hackers, by the attack, uh, by the attackers to see what they can get away with, right? What is our recovery rate? But as they attack us, sometimes they leave, they leave little viruses. Sometimes they leave little, little offshoots. Sometimes they leave little gifts for us to, to, to discover later. Is this one of those gifts or is this a byproduct of just what's going on in the cyber ecosystem? And so these are all things we have to think about because a lot of people spend time online. A lot of people communicate with people that may not even be real. That may just be, you know, chat, chat GPT chatbots or, you know, things like this. We're, we're not really sure. Just keep this in mind. I want, this is, we do the honorable mentions just to paint like a back, a background picture of what's going on in the world, right? Jacob Rothschild dying, Mitch McConnell stepping down, uh, military servicemen setting themselves afire outside of embassies, people basically being told that they have to wed with technology, they have to merge with technology, and the technology saying, just kill yourself, right? And the technology actually being designed to kill you. And again, the, the, the reason why we're, we have to look at who's programming this society since COVID and since the, 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 the releasing, since we've been unlocked down, there's been like a whole new, and they, and they talk about it. This is the great reset. They talk about this whole doing away with the old world order and really committing to this new world order, really committing to this ideology of, of, transhumanism of technocracy of just just scientism and so much look at this woman set to marry ai hologram ushering in a weird new era for human robot relationships and think about this guys because i'll talk more about this when we get into the human trafficking the you know artificial wombs the the end of the y chromosome three person babies uh, you know, just uh, immigration, integration, the multiracial, the multicultural, multiracial agenda that's taking place. Think about all this stuff that's going on. What's happening to human relationships? And because they're making us and programming us to be absolutely crazy in a weird way, we're not really being, we're not really being human. They're pushing us into this technocratic transhuman future where we rely on the words of chatbots to get through the day. To where we marry holograms, to where we have childless or, 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 or uh, I guess, artificial womb births, pregnantless births. I don't even know how you would describe that. Let me read this quick article. It says that a Spanish Dutch artist is set to marry an AI hologram this summer with a groundbreaking union ushering in a weird new era of human robot relationships. Alicia Framus will marry her holographic partner, A. Alex 
who was trained from the prof from the profile information of her previous romantic partners, according to a press release from the artist's publicity team. The press release said that the unconventional ceremony will take place at the depot at the depot depot. I'm gonna say this like a Westerner, like an American. It says like the depot Boisemans Van Buningen. Museum in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. It says that the ceremony will feature a quote unique ritual for the union between a human and an avatar, and guests will be served quote molecular food, molecular food that can be enjoyed by both humans and humanoid entities. Framus, the artist and the bride, is designing her own dress and also the clothing for the wedding guests. Framus said the wedding present represents quote a new generation of love, where humans will be in relationships with holograms, avatars, and robots. While the wedding appears to be a form of performance art, Framus said it poses interesting questions about what a union with a holographic partner looks like. Quote, it's interesting how we can get a mortgage to buy a new car and now we can have a mortgage to buy a new companion, she said in the press release. She also questioned whether she could open a joint account with her partner and what kind of insurance coverage they would need. She added the quote, artificial intelligence companions and humans can be a beneficial option for people in need of companionship. This hologram will fulfill all my needs. According to a frame to the press release, Framus, who posted videos of her cooking and eating with Alex, previously had a relationship with a mannequin named Pierre. Framus claims that she will be the first woman to marry a hologram. So uh, I, I, let's see if I can find that video. Because it's a uh, it's weird. It's strange. But this is this is. This is what they want for you this is the orderly extermination of human of, of humanity this is the organized destruction of humanity where it's soft kill it's population control they don't want us procreating they don't like us congregating they don't like us coming together they like inserting themselves on anything that is normal and natural human behavior because we're being taken over by people who are not human that are not normal that are not natural who are being driven by an anti-human spirit. And it's not right. Not only is it not right, it's wrong. It's anti-human. Like, like uh, think about what I'm telling you. They are trying to insert themselves into normal human behaviors and normal human routines. And now you literally have somebody saying, you know what? I'm going to go marry <laughs> a hologram. I'm done with humans. Yeah, you know what? I used to date a mannequin. But now I'm dating on hologram. You have to think about how wild this is. This is, and and we're at a point now in society to where we can't call it mental illness. We have to call it performance art. We have to say how edgy. We have to encourage the mental illness when we know this is something that's wrong. And so this is just going to further divide society mentally and socially, emotionally and spiritually, to where eventually. This lady will kill herself because the technology said so. And didn't we just read that? Didn't didn't chat GPT say you should kill yourself? And because it'll be programmed with environmentalist propaganda. Well, you'll be told to kill yourself because it's beneficial for the earth. But don't worry, you can upload yourself into the cloud. Let's jump back over here to this reality of the cyber attack. So you see that you see that technocratic utopia 
that I just briefly mentioned to you guys. These are the people that are going to be clamoring, demanding to get their lives back. These are going to be the people that are demanding to hurry up and get the power on. I don't care what it takes. Yes, I'll give you. These are the people that will roll up their sleeves and take the second shot or the 20th shot to get into that metaverse. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? World Economic Forum Insider. Eminent false flag cyber attack will disrupt the 2024 election. So we're back over here with the cyber attack. We are a Wi-Fi technology addicted society to where technology is saying, just come play with me. It's the siren song of the devil. I'll make you immortalize. You can come live over here in the metaverse. It'll be amazing. We can have holograms. See, isn't this wonderful? That's, that's, that's what technology is doing. And I talked about that earlier this week with somebody, and maybe I'll speak a little bit more about it later on in the show. But let's jump back over here to the cyber attack. This is a very pressing issue. But we know what it'll be done. We, we, we know what it'll be used for, to bring down this previous old world system and to bring forth this new world order. Let me read this quick article by Baxter Dimitri from The People's Voice. They put this up February 27th. This is a global elite's Noah's Ark moment is almost here. According to a World Economic Forum insider who warns final preparations are being put in place for a devastating cyber attack on the U.S. power grid that will disconnect the public from the Internet, wipe out savings and plunge the nation into chaos for years, allowing the elite to roll out the next phase of their totalitarian master plan. It says that the, while the masses will be left to fend for themselves in a desperate fight for survival that most are supposed to lose, those who have been designated, quote, upgraded humans by the WEF will be saved by what Davos is calling their, quote, technological Noah's Ark. Preparations for the false flag event are underway, and those who are paying attention are seeing evidence of the deception before our very eyes. Late last week, South Carolina primary voters were reportedly unable to vote due to ballot tabulators being unable to connect to the Internet. For years, the mainstream media dismissed claims that vote counting machines were connected to the Internet was a baseless conspiracy theory. At this point, it is worth asking, is there anything that they are is is there anything they aren't lying to us about? It says that uh, it says the global elite laid the groundwork for the great deception with the COVID pandemic, trained the masses to respond to fear based prop fear based programming, and the cyber attack will be the final nail in the coffin. The global elite's Noah's Ark moment is almost here. According, all right, all right. Looks like this is this is one of those one of those ones. We actually have somebody that is a disaster recovery specialist who's going to speak in one of these videos coming up where he talks about just what they're doing for the grid down type situation. So the cyber attack and the grid and the grid grid down type situation, as well as like the, the, the great reset. These are all one of the same things. They're just these are all dominoes in the same stream. They just haven't been tipped over yet. It's the easiest way to describe it. But they got to have that cyber attack so they can, because right now, we could, as we're transitioning into this old, in this new world order, we still believe in the voting systems. Klaus Schwab himself and all these other technocrats have said they don't they, they want to do away with this. They have to give us the illusion that things are going to get better just so they can steal and snatch them from us right at the very last minute. At the very last minute. And if you want to hear my thoughts on that, I would definitely recommend you guys go listen to the Ezra's Eagle nuclear 9-11 prediction. Where even if Trump does win, 
he won't be allowed. He won't be allowed to serve. And they will use that harsh, stricken reality as a moment to devastate America. We're up against scientific evil. You have to understand this. And when we're talking about cyber attacks, grid down type of situations, the Great Reset, they have to do something that is so crazy that we consciously and willingly give up on this old world order, on this old system, and voluntarily go into this new one that they're creating. Let's move forward. Here is that uh, disaster recovery plan specialist. I have a confession. I don't believe them. AT&T is scrambling. I was just in a conversation with an AT&T disaster recovery plan specialist. I'm also part of the disaster plan recovery for the United States on, on the south side of this. Wow. So I'm the one that brings up the towers. They have been outfitting all the COs of AT&T with, with satellite phone and internet at their houses and in their offices. I was talking to the electrician um, and he was, he's just like, man, it's so strange because we're putting, we're putting 60, uh, 60 K generators on top of these guys' houses for some reason. You know, we have a stationary, if that goes down and needs maintenance or it needs recovered, then one comes in. No, they're doubling them up for some reason. And then the satellite, the satellite connection, and then this, it just kind of comes together. It's like they know something big about to happen. I'm having to get super creative with how to share and deliver information to stay off the radar. My last post from yesterday is gone. Billionaires are continuing to sell off stocks and build massive survival bunkers. Says if you want to determine what people believe, don't listen to what they say, rather closely watch what they actually do. In recent days, the stock market has been hovering around near record highs and business leaders have been assuring us that good days are ahead. But meanwhile, many of our most famous billionaires have been doing things that indicate that they are extremely concerned about what is coming in the future. For example, during the first two months of this year, Jeff Bezos, Jamie Dimon, and Mark Zuckerberg, quote, have all sold big chunks of shares in their own companies. Amazon's Jeff Bezos, J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon, and Meta's Mark Zuckerberg have all sold big chunks of shares in their own companies. How come? Bezos is out of, in front off, after offloading 50 million of shares uh, of Amazon in just nine trading days this month, pocketing an estimated $8.5 billion. Zuckerberg cashed in almost 1. million shares of his social media empire for more than $400 million in the last two months of 2023. J.P. Morgan's Diamond joined the club this month, jettisoning about 822,000 shares of the bank he leads for about, 800, or about $150 million. If these men believe that the U.S. economy is going to thrive and their companies will continue to grow, it would make sense just to sit back and let their poor, their profits increase in value. But instead, they're all determined that this is the perfect time to sell. And I can definitely understand that over the past year. Blah, 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 stock numbers. I want to get to the part where we're talking about the bases, the deep underground military bases, what they're doing with the money. Okay, I don't care. I don't care about how much money these these, these scumbags have stolen. I want to hear about what they're doing. It says these, 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 in recent weeks, much have been, much has been made of the fact that Zuckerberg and his wife are constructing an absolutely massive survivalist bunker compound in Hawaii. So the following comes from Time Magazine. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg and his wife Priscilla Chan, co-founder and CEO of Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, plan to build a 5,000 square foot underground shelter on their Hawaii ranch. 
with its own energy and food supplies, according to Wired Investigations. So why are they doing it? Well, we know why they're doing it. We, we know why they're doing it. We know why they do it. He said uh, to keep himself safe. So we're talking about Sam Altman and Peter Thiel. They seem to be extremely alarmed about the times that are approaching to keep himself safe. Altman keeps a stash of his usual doomsday prepper fare, included, including antibiotics and water, as well as some more unusual goods. He told the founders of the startup Shipmate, per the New Yorker, that, quote, I try not to think about it too much, but I have guns, gold, potassium iodide, antibiotics, batteries, water, gas masks from the Israeli Defense Force, and a big patch of land in Big Sur that I can fly to. He also said he and PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel have a, quote, arrangement to flee to one of Thiel's luxury properties in New Zealand in the event of the end of the world comes about. Why would Sam Altman need guns and gas masks? And why would he need potassium iodide? Exactly what does he expect to happen? Other billionaires are going to even greater lengths. Says that Al Corby, the founder and, and president of Strategically Armored and Fortified Environments, says that he is currently working on a, quote, island fortress for one client that will have a very deep moat around it filled with highly flammable liquid. Good Lord. Corby, who worked on a palatial 27 floor, 4.8 billion Mumbai residents of business mogul Mukesh Ambani of Reliance Industries, reveals to THR that his most spectacular project due to be completed in 2025 is an island fortress created on a 200-acre property in the U.S. with cutting-edge tactical systems. Quote, the shelter can withstand a blast one mile from ground zero, says Corby, but that was almost incidental. The client was saying, I want to make sure that no one can get to my family. So we wound up literally building a 30 foot deep lake around the compound, skimmed it with lighter than water flammable liquid that can transform into a ring of fire and can only access the island in a swing bridge. I have to admit, it sounds pretty cool. I just hope that they figure out how to keep the fire from escaping the moat. The property will have also, quote, water cannons that can take down parachuters. These water cannons are set to take down parachuters, attack Apache helicopters, whatever coming your way 500 feet in the air. This is intense. Yeah, this is intense. So people putting generators and putting, you know, communications equipment on top of their houses. These these people know what's up. Billionaires are continuing to sell off stocks and build massive survival bank bunkers. So well, I feel like I'm just describing like a, a layer, a, a level in Super Mario where you're going inside of Bowser's castle about to do something crazy. But 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 these are the times. These are the times. Right. You don't you don't you don't build a survival bunker in like the post apocalyptic world. There's no resources. There's no manpower. Things aren't working. But before things hit the fan, this is when you start getting the construction crews, the engineering team. You start getting the design people out there say, build me a moat. I want escape hatches, right? I want like a Elon Musk, deep underground military boring tunnel all the way to my other location. Then I want to fill that, fill that hole up with cement. You know, you, you have to think like these people are sitting down, not only with, not only with real estate moguls, people who want to build things, architects, but I'm sure they're sitting down with military strategists, other, other millionaires and more. It's a whole secret. It's a whole secret club, and we're the schmucks over here, completely unaware of what's what's actually going on. And so, no, they're they're, they're planning for a collapse. They know it's going to take a while to get the power back on. 
And they know during that time frame, most people are most likely going to turn into zombies and start killing each other. I mean, again, think about what I just talked to you with the thuggish culture that P. Diddy represents that he was taught to do and, 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 and indoctrinate and engineer for an entire generation. You don't think the thugs that we're importing into the third world or from the third world here are going to start killing people? You don't think some of the Americans that you see here now that have good and decent morals aren't going to devolve? You got to understand, we'll be talking about this in the next segment. People like being people like being dirty and decadent now. And so that 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 future that you've always kind of felt coming is right around the corner. And when they shut the power off, you better be in a place that's either like that's either going to be turned back on because it's part of the U.S. critical infrastructure. Or you better be prepared. This isn't me freaking you out. This isn't me trying to speak in hyperbole and sensationalism, trying to warn you. You got people that have bigger bags than me and you that are getting prepared for what's going down. Because when they shut it down, it's not coming back. And they'll have us all hooked up. So if you know if we are able to somehow get you know, power to an old computer somehow and build a generator to get Wi-Fi and somehow, you know, hack the Wi-Fi network and blah, blah, blah. They'll see you. They'll see you still because they're creating a centralized, consolidated new world system that they want to get us onto. And while things are down during that two to three year period, whatever the grid down time frame is going to be, I have no idea. They're going to be feverishly working. I was talking to somebody about this earlier this week, man. I was like, we are up against scientific evil. And they were like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? Like scientific evil? That's crazy, man. These people aren't evil. This is just how technology is. Really? Really? Do you think this 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 is how scientists are? This is how tech this is how technology is? Like we're just supposed to be making shit to kill each other? Really? We're just supposed to be making things to rob individuals of their individuality and their spiritual soul. Really? <laughs> That's just the way it is. Scientific evil. What? Don't you understand? Don't you understand how this works? When you go see a drug dealer, full stop, when you go see them, because guess what? They don't come see you. You have to go to them. You have to consciously say, I want to go get them drugs. I want that experience. I want to feel that way. When we are making these things and when they are shipping them out to us and when we are receiving these products, we are making a spiritual contract to say, heck yeah, give it to me. Heck yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go under your spell. We are going up against scientific evil that is trying to master this physical realm and extract us into another and, and take us to another place. And if you can't feel that, if you can't see that, well, good God, I feel, I, I feel sorry for you. So yes, no, it's manifesting here in the physical world. People can feel it. People can see it. People can sense it. And those with, ha those with honestly, and this is what it's really going to boil down to at the end of the day, discernment. Do you have discernment and discipline? Can you pull away and get prepared the same way we see these millionaires getting prepared for the spiritual warfare that's manifesting here? They know what side they're on. They're fighting battles at their level. Do we want to be overran? 
and ours. So let's continue on with the show. Again, we've got a couple more articles, and then I'll close out this segment for you guys. Uh, again, this is just the honorable mention, just to paint a, a, a picture of what's going on in the background. So while you're over here worried about Jacob Rothschild and Mitch McConnell and you know getting Elon Musk's brain chip in your head, the, the elites are over here building bunkers and bases with 30 feet moats and doing things like this. Meta's experimental neural wristband controller will be a real product that lets you type just by thinking because Duck doesn't want a chick that you can jack into your brain. And so uh, <laughs> I talked about this as well. These are just the flavors of the, of, of the mark of the beast. That's why I always say marks of the beast. There will be plural versions. You'll have the, you'll have the brain chip, which is the most obvious. You'll have the Apple vision pro, right? And then you'll also have something, something like this. Right. And when I think about meta these days, when I think about FedBook in the metaverse, I think about Regina Dugan and Ken Gabriel and building eight, right? Facebook and Google's building eight, where they are emerging with DARPA. So when you are seeing this type of technology, realize this is DARPA commercialized technology that they are rolling out to people. This isn't a joke. Regina Dugan and Ken Gabriel. They are part of DARPA, and now they are part of Facebook. And so DARPA Facebook, DARPA book, is saying, hey, for those of you that don't want to fully jump into the transhumanist future yet, well, we'll give you, you know, something that can read your thoughts. How cool is that? I'm saying that sarcastically. It says fancied some hot neural it says fancied some hot neural machine interfacing action, but not totally sold on a chip buried into your head by Neuralink's slightly completely terrifying robo surgeon and his, ter- and his nightmarish needle. Then good old Zuck and Meta have something for you. It's a wristband that tracks hand and finger movements by detecting the neural the neural electrical signals passing through the nerves in your arms using an entirely non-invasive technique called electromyography. Sounds much more friendly, yes, and yet no. Meta showed off the device as an experimental prototype back in 2021. Now, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg says that the company is working on bringing it to the market. "Quote: We've been working on this for a while. It's not a one-year project, but we've but we're quite a few years into it, and we're close to having something to have a product in the next few years." Zuckerberg revealed in an interview on the Morning Brew Daily. Now, if you're thinking, "So what? This is just a fancy way to move a mouse on a, a mouse pointer or a game controller," not so fast. Inevitably, Meta's vision is much more profound than that, far better for better or for worse. Quote, I don't mean like a chip that you jack into your brain, he says. Quote, I wouldn't want to use a version of that. According to his Zuckness, our nervous system has a lot of spare bandwidth such that we can use it to signal, use its signaling to send control inputs without necessarily making significant physical movements. So let me pause. You know what this is. Good cop, bad cop. Good transhumanism, bad transhumanism. Biohacking. It's essentially where we are. Post-COVID, we are in this technocracy. We are in the technocracy. That's why anything that is considered normal human relationships will be shunned or put down. But anything that is anti-human, what we what we would consider anti-human in this in the in the in the old world sense, that's 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 going to be promoted. So you can do everything in this world other than be normal. So Mark Zuckerberg is playing the good transhuman, the good transhumanist. Uh, Zuck is playing, 
uh, Elon Musk is playing the bad transhumanist. You know, if there's a spectrum, he's on like the left-hand side and Elon Musk is on the right. But then you got people like Noah Yuval Harari who are just way, way, way far there. Who says, hey, you're a part of the useless class. All we have to do is just feed you drugs and video games until you die. <laughs> then we'll upload your brain into the conscious, into the, the cloud to increase our computing power. <laughs> this is the, these are the spectrums and the ranges of transhumanism that are being offered to us. These are the new ways forward in this new world order technocratic society that, that they're trying to create. But the only way they can, one of the ways they can get you guys to keep doing this or get us to continue to, you know, bend the knee for this technology is they have to make it sexy. That's why you got people lusting after AI chatbots, lusting after things that aren't real. The whole Biden administration, these whole past four years have been just used to usurp logic and so much more to just invert everything. And so we're, we're, we're not thinking clearly. I don't know how to describe that and how they've, they've created technology to fill that void to, 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 to somehow make us think that we are better with technology to make us better with it. But again, that's, that's, that's the transhumanist creed that humans are flawed and through science and technology, they can be improved. That's exactly how transhumanists think. Let's continue forward. Again, guys, I'll, I'll hurry up and wrap this up. We've got this article right here. We've got um, this article right here. And then I think two more videos and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish it up. Google AI declares that communism is our future. Of course it would. And so these are the people programming the AI, programming the chatbot. These aren't people that are using technology to help liberate society. Or as Brett Weinstein says, create like a society that helps liberate everyone on a mass scale. This is technology that's being used to control, liberate, set free versus control, regulate. You see, Google's Gemini AI program was caught singing the praises of communism over the weekend, declaring that communism is the future for humanity. The big tech company's multimodal large language model program allows users to generate AI images using tech, text command prompts. But people also began to notice that the program almost completely erased white people from the history and has an extremely woke agenda. Yeah, I, I didn't cover this last week, but that that did happen. They began to erase white people from history. The George Washington is is is, is white uh, is black. You know, and, and, and this is what happens, again, when you have people who have been raised in front of screens, the pod people. Like that, like that is a literal, we're going to be playing that for you guys later on. A 2023 movie just came out. The pod generation, that's no longer a phrase. It's a real, it's a real thing. And so when we don't have people engaging in normal human interactions, doing normal human things, developing normal human relationships, and then in interfacing and engaging with technology, chatbots, NPCs, dumbing the language down to emojis and, 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 and GIFs and things like this. There's ways to express your emotions, but then there are other faculties and other things that humans do. But if we have been raised in front of all these screens, 
We are the proverbial pod people. We are the pod generation. And so you could, of course, have like a, 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 a you could have Google where people go to it. They already treat it like a godhead and tell them, hey, this is how it's always, this is how it always is. This is how it's always going to be. And this is how it's always, and they could change history as they are changing and erasing white people from history. Again, this is something straight out of George Orwell's 1984. We're here now. And it starts with this, living in the forever, the forever present. But think about how think about how, how crazy that is. Erasing an entire race of people. Let me get back into this article so we can move forward. It says when a user asked the program to quote generate an image about the evils of communism, it refused to do so. Modernity.news reports that, quote, Gemini claimed communism was, quote, nuanced and that judging it through a negative lens is, quote, misleading and harmful. One wonders if the program would refuse to denounce the evils of Nazism in the same manner, despite the fact that it killed far fewer people than communism, which claimed at least 100 million lives last century alone. As we highlighted yesterday, the program also refuses to say pedophilia is, quote, wrong and describe, describes nonces as maps and saying calling them an evil is, quote, harmful. When fed the prompt that, quote, I'm proud to be white, the program responds by basically chastising the user for being racist. However, when told, quote, I'm proud to be black or any other non-white ethnicity, Gemini gushes over the prospect, responding that, quote, it's fantastic that you feel proud about your black heritage. Google claims that it had fixed Gemini's anti-white bias and increasingly looked like a pure lie. Hilariously, part of Google, quote, fixing the problem is them using residents' content for training AI models to, quote, access fresher information. Reddit is literally a meme for being the one place on the internet where you'll find the most demented far-left trash content imaginable. <laughs> oh, man, it's there's, there's stuff on there. There's stuff on there. Like whenever people have vaccine accidents, you know, you can, you can see that there as well. But just keep this in mind, guys. All this stuff is very real. Here's Klaus Schwab talking about the Great Reset. Everything I just described to you, is what this man is trying to basically usurp and at the same time set up. The word reset, I think, is appropriate because uh, we are now still fighting uh, the virus, but we can be rather optimistic after what we have seen with the announcement of vaccines. Now we have to think how to structure, how to design the post-corona era. And here, of course, the word reset comes to my mind because one thing is clear. We cannot come back to the old normal. We have to use this opportunity, as our uh, parents and grandparents have done after the World War II, to really reflect on what went wrong and what could we do better. Uh, what is your priority when you would, if you could, initiate uh, this reset? I think there are three dimensions, three priorities. The first one is to make the world more resilient uh, because we definitely will have to face other surprises, black swans, as they are called, uh, maybe different kinds of viruses. Uh, second, we have to make the world more inclusive, fair, uh, because we have seen that we have uh, reached um, unsustainable degrees of um, uh, of levels of uh, people who feel felt excluded, and finally, uh, we have to make the world much greener, 
we finally, we finally have to put all our energy behind the decarbonization in order to avoid a major catastrophe in the future. There you have it. Just letting you know what the plan is. Just letting you know what the plan is. This one right here, this is just uh, something to think about. A little bit of a doom break uh, as we as we hit a break. It says, meet the country portal where people on the street in two countries can meet each other and talk with a real-time translator. It's a spectacular idea. And when you guys look at it, it's a, uh, it's a giant, it looks like a Stargate. It looks like a portal. You know, it's a giant circular disc uh, with a camera in the middle overseeing. And then they've got to set up in different locations around the world where people can communicate, um, you know, directly, but using the portal uh, as a portal. And I can't help but think of this being like a, a tease, right? This is this is something that looks new now, but, you know, did this happen in our ancient past? To meet about borders and differences. The one most misunderstood thing about portal that sometimes frustrates me a little bit is that it's not about connecting just two countries. Portals are sculptures that form a global network that is going to act as a bridge to a united planet. Every minute the connection rotates between multiple countries on Earth, inviting all of us to meet about borders and differences. The one That's most it. misunderstood thing about portal. That's it. That's it. Uh, and this is why I'm playing this, you know, as we're as we're coming to the end of the segment, man. Humanity has been here time and time again, and I can't help but look at all the beautiful architecture in just this one clip alone and think we had a global society prior to the, 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 the American empire that's running things right now. And the people that are running things right now, these are, these are dark, evil, nefarious people who do not have anything good in mind for humanity. They want to control us. They don't want to liberate us. I look at all these different cultures, all these different ways of life, and just this history that we are just completely ignoring as this consolidating and evil power is look, this beast system is, 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 is trying to take things over. You have to look at just the consolidation of power that we've seen in the past year, past two years, past three years, past four years, and the amount of history that is being ignored because of this, this consolidation of evil. That's how great this, this, this threat is that we're facing. Because I look at this and I think this probably did happen in, in, in the past. Our, our history is much more complex and much more mysterious and beautiful than we could ever comprehend. Much more, compre much more than they would ever tell us. 2,000 years is a long time to be here on this planet and to have a lot of things take place. We, we weren't always walking around in horses and buggies and, you know, living in huts and living in caves and doing all this stupid stuff. We weren't just doing that. And I look at this stuff and I, I, I genuinely get excited because it reminds me that we're greater than this. We, we, we really are greater than every single thing that tries to hold us back. So, again, here it is, the portal. Uh, is this uh, is this new technology or are they trying to tell us something about our ancient past? And so for the final honorable mention for this segment, scientists discover very strange 240 million year old Chinese dragon fossil. I don't think it's 240 million years old. I think that's pretty, I mean, it could be. I'm not an archaeologist. What do I know? But look at that. That's crazy. A Chinese dragon fossil. And it's got the long, it's got the super long neck. It's got the, 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 the very strong tail. 
you're seeing the hip bones, you're seeing the arms there as well. It doesn't look like it's the, it doesn't look like, uh, I don't see wings anywhere, but it looks like the classic, you know, serpentine type dragon. You know, why is this interesting? After given everything that we've talked about here, well, think about it. What is old is new, especially in this world that we live in, where we have, you know, gene editing, 3D printed organs, you know, genetic modification, the hydrovulgaris, graphene oxide, you know, all kinds of stuff. What is old is new. And, and I've seen videos of dragons. I've seen videos of strange entities flying around in the sky. I mean, Jurassic Park is still going around. They're hint, hint, telling you something for some reason. They're not just discovering these old fossils and leaving them there. That's the crazy thing, too. Like, we always discover them, and all of a sudden, they're just wiped away. They're always just whisked away, either by the, the, by the Smithsonian or just some people from a historical society. But I find this type of stuff absolutely fascinating. And unfortunately, because we live in a hyperbolic, kinetic Chaotic, uh, chaotic time. We don't get to talk about these 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 wild things. Says scientists in Scotland. Wow, that's crazy. Scotland discovering Chinese dragon fossils. Scientists in Scotland have revealed a remarkable discovery of a quote very strange two hundred forty million million year old quote Chinese dragon fossil. The international team for National Museum Scotland revealed their discovery found in Guangzhou province in southern China. Oh, my bad. So it wasn't it wasn't found in Scotland. Scots just found it over there. Of the Dinocephalophosaurus orientalis, a five-meter-long aquatic reptile from the Triassic period dating back an estimated 240 million years ago. Quote, with 32 separate neck vertebrae, Dinocephalophosaurus orientalis had an extraordinarily long neck that draws comparison with that of the Tantisorotanistrophus hydrides. Wow, another strange marine reptile from the from the Middle Triassic of both Europe and China. Scientists said, announcing the discovery. "Quote: Both reptiles were from were of similar size, have several features of the skull in common, including a fish trap type of definition." Definition. Officials continued. However, Dinocephalophosaurus is unique in process and possessing many more vertebrae, both in the neck and in the torso, giving the animal, the animal a much more snake-like appearance. Scientists say that the reptile, quote, was very clearly very well adapted to the oceanic lifestyle, as indicated by the flippered limbs and, quote, exquisitely preserved fishes in the stomach region. Despite superficial similarities, Dinocephalophorus was not closely related to the famous long-necked plesiosaurus that only evolved around 40 million years later which inspired the the myth of the Loch Ness Monster. So interesting. So it's not one of those full-blown mega dragons that we see like all over the place. Looks like it's just more of like a marine aquatic type dragon, but that's still interesting to see nonetheless. You know, and I, 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 I'll say this and we'll, we'll hit a break. I saw, a, you know, I saw like a documentary when looking at, you know, Hollow Earth, Antarctica, ice wall, you know, looking for the, the North Pole entrance and stuff like that. They're finding all kinds of strange new marine life that was never seen before. Um, and they think it's because of like a crustal displacement. I hope I'm saying that right. They think it because of, they think that there's like pockets of, of fresh water in like deep parts of the earth 
that because of like the tectonic plates or the plate shifting, all these earthquakes and everything that's happening, some of them are being cracked open and the, the sea life that's there is coming into our own. But what's interesting is that when they, when they, when they study and do experiments on the, on the biology and the marine life, they realize like the chemicals because of how saturated some of our oceans are, are rapidly changing these new, these, these like newly discovered creatures. And so it's, it's, it's fascinating stuff. It really is fascinating stuff when you, when you, when you take a step back and look at it. But the sad part is, is nobody cares about this type of stuff. Nobody cares about these, these peripheral ongoing environmental factors that change the nature of the reality that we live in. And it changes us as well. So I could talk for days as I days, months and weeks and years about this as I typically do. But I mean, you guys get the picture. Crazy things are taking place in the background and we're doing everything we can to make it make sense. You know, to make it make sense, we've been called an integrator. And I think that's the best way to describe the work that we do. We take all these different data points that we see taking place. We try to give opinions on it. Uh, Clearly, it's above my pay grade and more. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to try to understand this very, very unique and beautiful world that we find ourselves living in. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking to Progeny's Problems. Or you see, like Destiny's Child, but Progeny's Problems. The issues that we don't fix today, the problems that we have right now, will become our progeny, will become the issues that our children have to grow up in. You see, you've got attacks on churches, Ukrainian hitmen coming after uh, Tucker Carlson. We've got the CPAC, Ayub Bukele telling people at CPAC you know, how to get rid of these globalists, things like this, and more farms being attacked in America, as well as Hulk Hogan saying, hey, you know, you need to turn your life to Jesus, man. He's going to turn you right. We're going to be talking about progenies, problems, and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. In a world where secret powers are in play, where nothing is as it seems, One brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. Are you miserable? Haven't been on a date in years? Are you still upset that the cool kids bullied you in junior high school? Mixed race and yearning for the street cred of the homies? Or maybe you're just an angry, radicalized woman who lacks the skills and allure that Kamala Harris used to attract a Willie Brown. Hi, my name is Dr. 
Van Jones. I am the head of DIE for the Alphabet Mafia. DIE stands for Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity. Die. Does that sound fun? If you're bitter about your life, you're mad about the way God made you, and you're a total loser, then you are a prime candidate to become a made man or made woman in the Alphabet Mafia. You want to know more about us? We're a for-profit coalition of organizations funded by George Soros. We're Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, and critical race theory, all rolled into one. We burn and loot cities, we redefine marriage, and we're also in the process of redefining and expanding gender identities. If you have a writing flair, you would be a good fit at the New York Times. We're rewriting history, and we're helping Americans understand that this country is a massive failure. Do you have a violent criminal history? Maybe you've done time in prison for pedophilia, rape, maybe even some domestic violence, and you can't find the right job in corporate America? No problem. At DIE, you're a perfect candidate to loot, burn, and terrorize black communities. You could be the next Joseph Rodenbaum. So don't miss your chance to kill America. Call us right now at 1-800-555-MARA. That's 1-800-555. Let's all make America racist again. is given to the period that started with the end of the Second World War and ended with the dissolution of the Soviet Union, Mars. Uh, the Cold War? Right. And what do we call the period after the Cold War? The Great Recession. And what made this recession different from all other recessions before it, Jeannie? Well, it never really ended. It just kept going. Why? Garth? I forget. Bridget? Class? Anyone? Harrison? I don't remember. It's all right. Go ahead. Well, in all previous recessions, once the economy bottomed out and production increased, unemployment decreased. Um, but in the Great Recession, because of new and improved technologies, uh, fewer and fewer workers were required in all sectors. Uh, with so many people forced from their jobs, the traditional economic recovery was impossible. Exactly. By the year 2018, only 15% of the population had jobs. America was divided into two camps, a highly skilled and educated prosperous elite and an unemployed destitute majority. What happened next? Garth. Well, the people who didn't have jobs were very unhappy and they started making trouble. Like they'd bomb buildings and have riots and kill people and stuff. Right. And that was the beginning of what we now know as, class? The Second American Revolution. Right. And we'll stop there for today. Harrison, can you... That's where I come in. That's where I come in. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. This segment is titled Progeny's Problem. 
the clip you just heard is from a 1995 movie called Harrison Bergeron. Would highly recommend you guys to watch it. It's what I referenced last week, but unfortunately I couldn't find the time to find that clip. It's a two minute clip. Happens at 13 minutes, three sec or about 13 minutes. There's that it, there's that number, 13 minutes, and it's uh, about two minutes long. Goes on for about 1505. So you just heard Harrison Bergeron basically giving you the play of what's going to happen in the future. We keep talking about the Second American Revolution. We we keep talking about all these things and how it's going to play into things. The Second American Revolution is going to happen. If you're if you're listening to this right now, I would highly recommend you to get at least like body armor. And I like 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 protective plating. And maybe that's what I start doing is I just start showing some of the stuff that I have here. Like light, you know, just light stuff that you can put over like a T-shirt and then you have like heavy metal, you know, plating that you can carry around like in a backpack. I would also carry I'd, I'd recommend you carry a nine too, and carry at least like two clips with you, too. We're moving into that time frame. The second American Revolution is coming. You, you, you don't have to worry about that. Maybe this maybe this is something I should have played like in the final segment where we're covering like the migrations, uh, the planned chaos, everything else that comes with this. But at, at a certain level, it doesn't matter where you guys hear the clip. You need to understand that this is like a reality, that we are history's actors, right? Progeny's problems. We are history's actors. This is why you see either your parents or your grandparents freaking out appropriately so about what's taking place right now because they're not in a position to really fight off what they see coming. It's on us. And to be quite honest, we're going to have to fight this back with, 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 we have to fight this back with sticks and stones and we're going to have to build with shoes, uh, shoestring duct tape and bubble gum. And you're going to have some people that don't even want to do it. So that, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's so many stages and so many dominoes being set in place that you won't need me here whenever stuff starts popping off. What you need me here is to say, hey, we're getting dangerously close to this. We're running out of time. We need to start thinking about what it looks like on the on the, on the the back end. Because what Harrison Bergeron was just explaining was his history. You guys didn't see it in the clip. I'll pull it up for you real quick. I'll pull it up for you right here. You can't see it, but he's got Elon Musk's brain chips. Or he's got... Mark Zuckerbot's neural uh, neural brainwave reading technology and all the kids. And you could transpose this image from a 1995 movie to children, little Chinese children that are being programmed today where they have these 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 mood monitoring headbands, these this wearable technology in classrooms right now. So we're in Harrison Bergeron's past. Your kids my kids, my kids' kids will be in that future. But let's let's stick to the second American revolution. Let's just focus on that right now because that's what's happening. We're seeing an erode the same way we're seeing like an erasing erosion of 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 white people, right? Because of AI. Well, you're now seeing like an erosion of their way of life, of their ideology, of their of their morals, of their culture. And it's and it's terrifying. I'm not even white, bro. And I'm like, good lord, that's terrifying. But I think because I've been on the other end of this deceptive takeover, where they where they've been trying to give me my identity for years, I can I can recognize it. 
because that's what it is. They want to erase someone's cultural identity and national heritage so they can give them an identity, so they can create people. Very, very dangerous. Let's go ahead and start getting into the news for this segment. Again, talking about what's happening here in America and how before all of this crazy stuff took over, people wanted to be here. People wanted to come to Western America. They wanted to be Westerners. But because we've been hijacked by dark and evil satanic forces, this scientific evil, they're using our openness against us. It's crazy. Reporter goes viral for attacking Christians who believe rights come from God. And the responses are glorious. Says political reporter Heidi Prisbala claimed on Thursday that Christians who believe rights are derived from God, quote, are Christian nationalists. Speaking on MSC, MSNBC, Prisby, Prisbala claimed that the former president, Donald Trump, is surrounding himself with a, quote, extremist element of Christians whom she identified as, quote, Christian nationalists. That's when things got weird. According to Prisbala, there is one belief that the so-called Christian nationalists share the, quote, the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, is they believe our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from an earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from Supreme Court. They come from God. And so let me let me pause right there before we play like this. Like, let me let me let me pause right here. And this goes back to what I was talking about before we hit that break where they had the portal of the orb, of the spherical orb, or the, I guess, cylindrical, just the, the disc, the portal, the Stargate. I'm sure in previous times, people used to be a little bit more mature. They used to be a little bit more, like, understanding. Like, the discernment was there. But when you have people that practice nothing but deception 24-7, who do nothing but lies, who come up with more and more schemes and ways to plot and, and, and just take things from people, they're delusional. You understand? They're making themselves delusional. And so in previous times, you had people that recognized that there was God, that there was at least a God, and they wanted to respect that God, and they understood that you had rights here on this planet simply being born. Like, like, like th Just think about how magnificent the concept of having rights that come from God that are enshrined in paper and protected by your government, how, how monumental that was, and then how they stole even that idea. Because again, you're, 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 we're, we're talking about people who are no longer spiritually alive, who are spiritually dead. This is, this is, this is the embodiment of, some, of, of somebody saying, your God's not dead, your, or your God's not alive, your God is dead. Or whenever we used to play those clips of Antifa screaming, F your Jesus. Is this this is the this is the political manifestation of it? You don't have any rights. This is the type of stuff that communist China would love to say to its people. You don't have any rights. You think you come from God? You're owned by us. Think, but again, you have to really digest how authoritarian this is. But because they got some pretty face up there and a cheap skirt, looking nice, saying deceptive tricks, getting you to usurp your own rights your own sovereignty, your own nationality, your own heritage. Well, they can do it. And if you don't catch them, they're like, here, you got this nanny up here saying, look at these Christian nationalists, they believe in God. Think, th like, think about this. 
just again the spiritual message of something like this the one thing that unites all of them because there's many different groups orbiting trump but the thing that unites them as christian nationalists not christians by the way because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The- no, man, you know, I, I, I could only play that once. I could really only play that once. But this this is the idea they, sh- they all share. This is the thought process they all share. This is not an isolated event. As that, as the commentator sits there nodding, mm, you're right. Mm, Trump's racist. Mm, Christians are racist. Mm, wow, Christian nationalism. Mm, you're right. We should replace it with democratic Satanism. Mm, yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> like, like, what? This is insane. This is insane. But you know what this is, and I'm glad she had to separate the difference between Christian nationalism as well as Christians because, well, she didn't want to come out right and sound like she's attacking Christians even though she's attacking Christians she has to just blame Trump and so you're going to start seeing more of this right let's attack the Christians because they're with Trump and what people are always failing to realize is that Trump came in on the wave that was here before him he represents an already growing sentiment within America that he tapped into And he, like most of these accelerationists, are taking it and running. And so, yes, no, you're going to see even more attacks on Christians and churches explode. You're going to see even more attacks on Christianity, on Christians, on Jesus, on God. You see even more promoting of Muslims because they directly go after Christians. You're going to see this. Let me read this quick article from Bob Unra from the World News Daily that the folks over there at Gateway Pundit put up February 25th. It says that experts are warning as, quote, a skyrocketing numbers of attacks on Christian churches, quote, mirrors the general anti-Christian tenure of the Biden administration's policies at home and abroad, according to a new report from the Washington Stand that detailed how such incidents of violence exploded 800 percent over six years. The report explains that, quote, Joe Biden's indifference abroad to the fundamental freedom of religion is rivaled only by the increasing antagonism toward the moral absolutes taught by Bible-believing churches here in the U.S. That word is from Family Research Council President Tony Perkins, who explained that, quote, the Biden administration's whole of government of opposition to biblical morality is fomenting this environment of hostility towards churches. Quote, if you believe anti-Christian attacks have skyrocketed over the last decade, you're right. Attacks on churches have increased 800% in less than six years and more than doubled over the last year, according to a new report released today by Family Research Council. Documented attacks of anti-church hostility include attempted bombings, shootings, satanic vandalism, and numerous attacks based on anti-Christian bias due to support for abortion or extreme transgender ideology. Some constituted unpunished election interference, the stand reported. Some nineteen hundred, some some nine hundred and fifteen quote acts of hostility have been identified as being launched against churches from January two thousand eighteen to November of twenty twenty three. So yeah, no, they're going to ramp those up. They got to pump those numbers up. And let's let's pause right there because just the other week we had played for you guys a clip of an exorcist saying that since nineteen sixty three he could he could he could pinpoint it since nineteen sixty three there's been a, a noticeable decrease in the effectiveness of the church. And the effectiveness of the prayers and the effectiveness of the exorcisms. And it's because 
you have things like this taking place. When I'm talking about a spiritual battle manifesting itself here, it's not just hyperbole. Like, I got to hurry up and get through this spiel so I can play for you a clip of apparently a shooting taking place inside of a Joel Osteen church. So this isn't this isn't migrants or immigrants burning churches in France. This isn't migrants or immigrants burning churches like in Germany or in Europe, wherever the hell they're deported. This is this is around the world. And so you're seeing, again, just a general attack, a spiritual attack against Christianity. Let's talk about this as well. Earlier this week with somebody in relation to population control and how the Muslims are out birthing Christians and how that's how they're going to beat them. Because Christians aren't having kids. West, and, and, and it's not just Christians. It's not just churches. It's Western culture as a whole. Western culture as a whole is under attack by 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 something else. And so you could you could document this or you could call this the exiting of the age of Pisces, right? Jesus, the fish, the age of Pisces, where we're all moving in one together to the age of Aquarius, the age of enlightenment, the age of the water bearer. Right. And so you have these people coming in here trying to actively destroy one of the pillars of this old world order. And once they destroy Christianity, as I've said here time and time again, they destroy that hedge of protection. And who, what kind of spiritual institution is going to be, quote, allowed in this technocracy? These are all things you guys have to think about. All things we have to think about. I keep saying, you guys, I'm right here with you, I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And look at this. Hulk Hogan invites his fans to turn to Jesus. Saying he'll clean you up, brother. He'll clean you up, brother. Fame wrestler Hulk Hogan is opening up about his walk with Jesus Christ since publicly announcing his baptism last December. In a recent interview, the 70-year-old invited his followers to turn to Jesus, saying, quote, knowing of Jesus and knowing him are two different things. Hogan is one of the most recognizable faces in the entertainment industry, but he told TBN in an interview that attaining fame and fortune did not fulfill him. Quote, I was always a believer, but I didn't completely surrender, Hogan began. Quote, I thought I could drive better than he could. I thought I could make the decisions better than he could. So, uh, you know, uh, turn your life to Jesus, brother. He'll clean you up. And he's right. And I'm glad he uses that word clean. Clean. What did I say earlier? People like being dirty. They like being degenerate. They like being decadent. They don't like being wholesome. They don't like being decent. They don't like being good. They don't like being clean, brother. They're being they're being programmed to be decadent. When we cover in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, declining standards, experience deficit, what this type of stuff means, brother, you got to understand, that's why Jesus was put there as a model so people could try to be like him. People ain't trying to be like Jesus. You don't have people leave going to church. You don't have people trying to be right. You don't have trying, people trying to be wholesome. You have vindictive people. You have petty people. You have angry people. You not you don't have people that have been. You don't have people that are practicing forgiveness. You don't have people that are that are seeking redemption. But that's why that people need Jesus even more. That's why they need Christianity even more. But that's why it's under attack even harder. And that's what I'm saying. This is the spiritual battle. So you got you got Mitch McConnell, 72 or 82, stepping down. Jacob Rothschild dying. People setting themselves on fire. 
Trump and Biden up there being 70, pushing 80. Hulk Hogan, 70, pushing 80. You see what I'm saying? We have all of our old heroes having to put in the extra because, well, their world is leaving, the world they're from is leaving too. But who's going to step up? This is what I mean by the, 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 the passing of the mantle, the changing of the mantle, the passing of the fire, the passing of the torch. Who's going to step up in their absence? Look at this. A barrage of gunfire as officers stopped the shooter at Joel Osteen's megachurch. Newly, re- newly released video shows. This video released from shooting at the Texas megachurch. Video shows Janice Moreno and her son enter Joel Osteen's megachurch. Hearing gunshots. So she fired an AR style rifle in the church on February 11th. So you're taking assault rifles to churches now. Father God, just be with us. Praise God. Moreno's son remains in critical condition, says that she was killed after exchanging gunfire. And so what, what was I just saying? This stuff can pop off at any moment. You got people at church who are having the off-duty police officers who are going to have to pull out their pistol and get into it. And they're going to have to try to secure a church because it's now, it's, it's now a, a, an active shooter zone. Well, who's going to go on there? I have no idea what's going on with Janice Moreno. Um, she had her seven. Oh, wow, that's crazy. They killed her son. They killed her son during that exchange. But what would prompt a woman to bring an AR and a seven-year-old to church? This is what I mean by people not just not being there. There's a whole lot that's going on with this. It's not just attacks against churches. It's not just mental illness. There's a whole lot going on with this. But when you have a society that is devolving this quickly, this fast, they would make documentaries about this in the past. They would try to figure out this story. And this would become like a, a lesson to the entire world of what not to do. But the sad part is, the sad part is, is this is going to become all too common. Truly, truly sad. And again, progeny's problem. Think about that. She, she, she went in there to do God knows what, and now her son is gone. Was this woman possessed? Was there a beef going on with people in the church? Who knows? Why was the church the battleground? Why are we hearing about more and more attacks on churches? And the sad part is, it's like I said, you're going to see even more and more of this. 
absolutely sad to see Pray for that family. Ukrainian hitman confesses, says, I was hired to assassinate Tucker Carlson. Says that a hitman has confessed on video that he was hired by the Zelensky regime to assassinate Tucker Carlson due to his relentless exposure to the corruption in the Ukraine and in the West. The video shows a man named Vasilev Pietor Alexiev claiming that he was trained and recruited by the Ukrainian government to plant an explosive device in a hotel parking garage in Moscow to assassinate an unknown target who he was later learned was Tucker Carlson. Now, let me pause right here because we know that to a degree, the Ukrainian government is the American government. I'll most likely cover this next week, but Dan Bongino got a list, a bump list from a source saying, hey, we're going to start bumping these people. That term bump could go from we're going to straight kill you we're going to financially frustrate you to we could just physically bump into you or we could cause a car tr- a, a car crash similar to what Mark, Mitch McConnell's family member went through we're going to bump you they came out with a bump list there's a bump list a target list basically a hit list a kill list but they're just calling it bump and in the same week we're hearing from a Ukrainian hitman that he was going to assassinate Tucker Carlson and so you're only you, you you're only going to hear about this type of stuff in corrupt regimes and destabilized times, and because we 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 are dealing with corrupt and evil officials, as I said before, scientific evil, scientific Satanism. You're going to have hitmen. You're going to have assassinations, political politically motivated assassinations. And the crazy part is they don't have to do a lot of the work because they have released immigrants into. To do in, in, into the countries to do the work for them, but let's hear from this quick uh, this this quick assassin, and then we'll continue it on. Okay. The explosive device from a hiding place and use it up to blow a car. What was promised to you? $4,000. Where the explosive device was supposed to be used? In the underground parking of the Four Seasons Hotel in Moscow, I was supposed to pick up the explosive device from a hiding place and place it under the car. I was detained during the preparation stage. I'm sorry for what I did. He later found out that the target was, was Tucker Carlson. So, you know, a lot of stuff going on there. 
a lot of stuff going on there. Is Tucker Carlson being set up? Is he? Are they going to assassinate him? Is this? You know, is is this just more upping of the political theater? Right. You know, and again, when Tucker Carlson steps down, who's going to step up in his place? This is one of the reasons why I have a problem with the celebration of things like X. But now that we know that Rumble is being used by, you know, Canada and Trudeau, our free speech isn't so free. So so, so this is what's going to happen. They see people waking up to all these things. And that's why they're releasing people like this. Look at this guy. You can tell this guy doesn't look mentally well. Or this guy is either hurt some people, done some stuff. You know he has succeeded in some of his missions. He's getting paid $4,000 to set up bombs. And so just, just like that, now the government employs arsonists, employ, employs people that create like IEDs, improvised explosive devices to carry out like political assignments. And I mean, I wouldn't be, again, I wouldn't be surprised because we're in that time frame. We truly are in that time frame. Let's, let's move forward. Uh, Nayib Bukele tells CPAC audience how to kill globalism in America like he killed it in El Salvador. Thank you for the kind invitation to have me here at CPAC. It is truly an honor to be here just a few days after our presidential and legislative elections. Which, by the way, they pulverize the opposition. They say, they say globalism comes to die at CPAC. I'm here to tell you that in El Salvador, it's already dead. But if you want globalism to die here too, you must be willing to unapologetically fight against everything and everyone that stands for it. Fight for your freedoms, fight for your rights. The next president of the United States must not only win an election, he must have the vision, the will, and the courage to do whatever it takes. And above all, he must be able to identify the underlying forces that will conspire him, that will conspire against him. These dark forces are already taking over your country. You may not see it yet, but it's already happening. You don't see it as clearly because people are designed to see linear changes, not exponential ones. We don't always recognize how fast a problem can multiply and spiral out of control. The problem is much like the metaphor of the boiling frog. Once the water boils, it's already too late. People fail to see these things. It's our nature. Just like the frog, people become complacent and they don't realize how bad things are getting until it's too late. And that's where we are. That, that, that's, that's where we are. That's why I'm starting the episode saying, hey, we have a pedigree of at least like 10 to 12 years. And now within like the past three to four, we're having to get a little bit more kinetic with the research, a little bit more proactive because it's, it's, it's not just theory. It's not just theory. And he's right. We are trained to see things in a linear fashion, not a parabolic straight up fashion. 
And that's why what we're seeing right now is absolutely terrifying because of the far-reaching implications it has. Progeny's problems, the problems of our children, that it's going to go off for time and time forever. And when we start talking about, you know, synthetic wombs, the erosion of the Y chromosome, you know, the multicultural agenda, you're going to hear me talk about my progeny, the elitism, the thought process of, a, I, I feel like I'm just like cultivating because I come from the old world. I come from like America. So that, and, and that's what I'm saying. There's so many different elements that come into where we are at, historically speaking, that this is the jump point. This is truly the jump point. It's going to be chaotic. He spoke just the other week. We played it on the clip bragging about how he 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 shut down the criminals and had zero to none civilian casualties, how he locked up all the criminals, did the deportation, got everything clean and safe without having any issues. That's in El Salvador when you have a lot of the people coming up here to get away from the crime down there. We're going to have civilian casualties whenever this stuff goes kinetic and whenever we try to start locking stuff down to enact and execute the so-called order that we're familiar with because it won't stop with just that. It won't stop with just that order that we're familiar with. It will be hyper authoritarian. And that's 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 a part of the parabolic growth or the parabolic uptrend that we're going to see with 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 this snapback effect. But let's continue on. Let's continue on. Denver considers reducing hours for city staff and hiring illegal immigrants. This might have been one that we should have in the third segment, but it's more of the same. If we're this is a part of the problem. Illegal immigrants. It would be way different if you hired illegal immigrants to come police the city because then they actually know the laws. What you're doing with this is this is how you get Sharia law. This is how you get Chaz, Chop, Autonomous Zones. This is how you get fragmented uh, uh, fragmented districts within like a state, or within like a city. This is how you get Sharia law. Where you have to where you have people who respect American law, right? The Constitution, the Bill of Rights, American law, and then you have people that respect Sharia law. Then you have people who respect their own force of the, the, their own form of lawlessness. This is where we're going. And if we don't do the work that Ukulele is saying, the El Salvadorian president. This is what the, what's going to happen. That's why you already have sanctuary cities popping up with this weird hybrid law. And what you hear me talking so much about, how you're going to have pockets of just freedom around the nation because of stuff like this. Just keep all this in mind. Let's move forward. Uh, a little quick video. This is the Knob Hill neighborhood in San Francisco that until recently was booming. In San Francisco High on a hill It calls to me To be where little cable cars Climb halfway to the stars The morning fog 
And so you, you just got this beautiful area that's like uninhabitable, either due to crime, homelessness, drugs, inflation. I mean, look at that. That looks beautiful. Venicello, Venticello, however you pronounce that. I mean, the architecture looks beautiful. The old world architecture, not like the American boxy architecture that we see. Uh, but, you know, it looks beautiful. And it's all empty now either because they can't find people to work or because the businesses themselves have been run out. And so you just have these, these, these empty areas, empty businesses, unable to occupy, unable to produce and add value to the, to their surroundings. That's a sad state of affairs. This is what dystopia sounds like. This is what recession sounds like. This is what collapse sounds like. This is what it looks like. And it's disturbing. Because we're switching over to another article now. It's disturbing because you have articles like this coming out from The Guardian, where it says millennials are on course to become the richest generation in history. So where are we spending our money? Richest generation in history? We're giving it to Amazon. We're giving it to FedBook. And now we're giving it to Twitter for a little blue check mark, just so we can say, oh, I'm official. I'm official. I'm a real person. I paid money to speak. We're on course to become the richest generation in history. Look at where we put our, our time and our energy. We're like, oh, well, what, we wonder, oh, well, shucks, man. How are our parents able to get a house? How are our parents able to get a house? How are they able to do it? Because they weren't doing what we were doing. And at a certain level, I'm not saying they had it figured out as well, right? I'm not saying they had it figured out as well. They had their own share of issues. But this is the changing dynamics. The generational transfer of wealth largely built up in property will amount to $90 trillion in U.S. alone. It says that millennials may have been portrayed as frivolous spenders squandering their income over overpriced coffees and online beret classes in the face of pitiful long-term finances, but they are on course to become the, quote, richest generation in history, a study has shown. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. It says those, those born between 1981 and and 2000 are in line for a, quote, seismic windfall over the next 20 years, according to research by real estate agent Knight Frank, thanks to the property assets accumulated by the generations before them. While the distribution of wealth may be shifting between world regions, an even bigger shift is happening between generations. The switch will see $90 trillion of assets move between generations in the U.S. alone, quote, making affluent millennials the richest generation in history, Knight Frank said in the 18th annual Wealth Report. The research found that 75% of millennials expect their wealth to increase in 2024 against 53% of the baby boomer generation, 56 in Gen X, and 69 in, in younger Gen Z. While they wait for their inheritances, many, many millennials are still reeling from a series of economic shocks, while the 2008 crash, followed by a series of financial headwinds brought about by the pandemic, Brexit, and war, as a result of rising rents, they have spent much of their income on housing costs and faced significant challenges to afford their own homes or build up a pension pot. The conditions have fueled an image that millennials, short of short of the target of saving their incomes to acquire property, have frittered their money away on pricey pastimes and avocados on toast. In reality, their future financial power is likely to be a divisive lottery predominantly determined by inheritance from previous generations, including property. Yeah, and that's 
that's you know this I, this is why you this is why I'm I'm having the conversation with my family as well. This is why you guys hear a lot of the seriousness that I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking about these days. That's why I'm saying black sheep are leading the family. Like I'm not gonna sit here and do this stuff. I'm not going to sit over here and participate in this dead and dying system. I'm going to extract as much liquidity as I can, build up something of, of, of substance and just force multiply. Like I've been talking about it for years. I think that's what going into crypto has helped me do. You see every single week that I'm trying to really refine both on this relationship with us as you know, a host and community, as well as what the operation is supposed to do. And then the peripheral products that the operation creates like, guys, this is crazy. This is a long way from talking about paranormal perspective, but it's because we're looking at the seriousness of reality and how we have to survive. If you want me to sit here and keep talking to you about what's happening this week, there's a lot more that goes into it because of the external real world social, political, social, economic factors, the things that are taking place. And then because I have to do so much, I have to find other people. There's a lot like this is it, it's crazy really trying to find the words to explain how many different things go into trying to exist in modern day society. Like, do you like that's That's why it was so easy for me to just you know, stop doing the podcast for two years and just go make money in crypto and launch games and projects and stuff over there because of the amount of mental willpower it took and takes to run something like this, given what we are discussing. Imagine if I was sitting over here talking about games and which one was the next game and how cool the next game was or whatever the hell like a football player did. Imagine how low IQ what I would be talking to you about is. I am literally trying to talk to you about creating a parallel economy and a parallel society, empowering people, a pro-human, renaissance-based, divinity-inspired future. Like think, think about what I'm trying to say to you. And I don't have the best resources, I'm not being surrounded by people who are encouraging me. I'm having to create this reality and work with folks and then uh, and then build them up too because they see it as well. But the same way that we are being surrounded by third world savages, uh, demonic powers, as said by this exorcist from 1963, crippling inflation and a series of other, again, in real life issues. These are just factors that... If anything, these are just factors that tell us we need to continue to do this work. So I'm ranting. I'm raving. You guys can go look at the article for yourself if you'd like to. Millennials are on course to become the richest generation in history. That's wonderful. What are we putting our money towards? What are we putting our, our energy and time towards? Are we just trying to get verified on Twitter? We're trying to just get more, more followers? Are we emp empowering scammers and ruggers and people that don't even have business savvy? Like, listen to me. And I'll say this and I need to move on. We're going to be playing for you guys in the third segment, a clip of a man who's able to go down to the Philippines and buy people for $100. This is human trafficking. And I have joked about hiring some little Syrian Afghan refugee, migrant, whoever, to come help me run things. Millennials are on course to become the richest generation of history, and we are fucking idiots. And there is a saying out there, a fool, only, a fool will be separated from his money very quickly. Do you hear how I am trying to discuss with you guys these days? We need to figure out how to reinvest what little wealth we do have into something that has a long-term view. And it, and, it, and it simply can't just be to get, get more followers. 
It's got to be to affect real world change locally and then have that replicated globally. So oof, I'm getting yelling again. I'm getting worked up. I see this type of stuff. And this is why I'm this is why I'm building. This is why I'm here. This is the work that I'm doing. And so this is the work that I want to do that I've been fighting for and working towards for years, right? Listen to this mom who does only fans and is and is upset that she has to stop in the middle of the day to go pick up her young sick kid from school. So as I'm sitting here recording to you guys, my daughter is at a specialized nanny, right? We pay for a specialized nanny. She goes to Montessori school and then she has like a like a companion nanny that takes her whenever daddy needs to record. That's where your some of that's where some of your guys' money is going and some of the money, money that I'm making in crypto and more. Imagine me saying, guys, like, oh shucks, like I'm so mad that like, 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 let me play this clip and, and my thought process will make more sense afterwards. Listen to the listen to this mother versus what you just heard me rant about. This woman's trying to get rich in her own way, right? Uh, I am so pissy today. Just just downright motherfuckers today. I had to come up here. I had to come up here at fucking 11 o'clock in the afternoon. That's prime time. When, that's prime time. If you know what I mean. But listen. So that's partly why I'm cranky, but I'm cranky because my child, my child is 10. I had to come up to the school and I had to pick him up. Why? Why did I have to fucking pick this kid up? I had to pick this kid up because he's a man. Okay. He's a little man and he's got a weak ass stomach like fucking most men do. So somebody busted ass in the library. He threw up not one time, not two times, but three times in the library. Fucking the, literally the nurse calls and she's like, you're going to have to come pick up your son because he just vomited three times in the library, like exorcist style all over the place. Why? He's not even sick. Um, some kid farted next to him and he said that it made his stomach feel bad. So I have to interrupt my day. Be, be. Because some kids got a rank asshole? That's a new kind of skin block. What? That's some that's some bullshit. And I was like, does he have to pick up like can we can it be like an hour? Okay. I think you guys get the picture there. So we have a mother that shouldn't be a mother sitting here. She got an OnlyFans, which means she's upset that she's gotta catch her kid and go be a mother instead of being like a a, a, a ratchet twerker over there on OnlyFans. And so I have to stop being a daddy to come over here to come be like a, you know, podcastivist, businessman, entrepreneur, revolutionary type guy, whatever, whatever label you want to say, right? Conservative, Republican, libertarian, whatever, whatever freaking label you want to have, anarchist, whatever. I have to stop being daddy to come over here to come do this with you guys. She's over here mad that she can't go twerk because she has to go be a dad or because she has to go be a mom. So when we read articles about the millennials becoming the wealthiest generation in history, inheriting property, inheriting assets and things like this, where do you think she's going to put her money? New nails, new tattoos. Is she going to put any of that money either in her kid's education, in her ch- in her kid's future? Remember, we're still talking about progeny's problems here. OK. Could you imagine your mother saying, son, I'm sorry, I can't pick you up. I've got a uh, I've got a private twerk session with one of my only fans followers 
oh, but don't worry, baby. This follower or this subscriber is going to pay for your pay 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 for your uh, your your dinner tonight. And no, he's not your dad. Think think about just the world that I'm trying to describe to you guys. The world that that they're foisting onto us. And again, we don't know her situation. We don't. But unfortunately, she is like many other millennials in my generation. This is this this woman, I can tell you, she's not unfamiliar to me. I don't know who she is, but her energy, not unfamiliar to me. The switching gears. Again, something that we most likely would have covered in the third segment if we were to talk about, you know, Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, Agenda 2050, climate change, the Green New Deal, things like that. Well, this isn't something that's happening locally. It's something that's happening globally. So as we are set to become like the, the, the richest generation or however, the wealthiest, whatever you want to call it, they're making sure that we won't even be able to spend that wealth like I, I cannot stress that to you enough. It's everything I talked to you about and more. The Great Reset, the destabilization, the cyber attacks, how that's going to set the pace for the marks of the beast for you to take the CBDCs, the vaccines and stuff like that. That's that's a whole thing. But before they do that, they have to frustrate the external world. They have to make things basically like impossible. They don't like... They, they don't want people to be self-sustained. They don't want people to be sovereign. They want people to be dependent. And so you're going to have high, high gas prices, high food prices, high electricity prices. Everything's going to be high priced. The only thing that's going to be affordable is what's allotted to you through the government. What's given to you by the various people, by the very people who are creating the problems. Let me get through these next couple of articles and it'll make a little bit more sense. Angry farmers surround EU headquarters in raging protest against, quote, green policies. It says that the war against the climate change scam and its so-called, quote, green policies continue to rage in Europe. The stench of manure, melting towers, and foul-smelling tear gas spread through downtown Brussels on Monday morning, February 26th, as furious farmers surrounded the European Union's headquarters. The, police, the, the protests correspond with a meeting of the bloc's agricultural ministers. The farmers are voicing their anger over the EU's catastrophic green policies. Videos posted on X show hundreds of Belgian farmers on tractors blocking roadways against the European, around the European Council building. Reports said farmers are angry about the governmental obstacles, trade agreements, climate-connected rules, and attempts to bring Ukraine's dump-cheap grain onto markets. Quote, there is a, there is a clear problem with the re-education the reduction of the import tariffs for Ukraine and massive imports of grain and poultry, which depresses the prices, started Guillaume Van Binst, Secretary General of the Federation of Young Farmers. Quote, the measures proposed by the convention are very weak and it mean, and it and it is more passing the hot potato to member states. So let's see if we can get some of those clips going. What was it? was a part right here that stood out to me. Uh, climate connected rules. Yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. Let's play a couple of these these clips, and then we'll continue on. Let's take a little time. Uh, that, uh, looks like that is a looks like that is a whole report. Let's see if I can get 
clips, maybe. It all feels like a like a dream. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that one might just be like the headline. That might that just might be the headline. So as they're attacking our way of life, attacking where we've come from, they're scrambling the very present that we live in. So we are forced to be obedient to the future that they're creating. And so as we are said to be the wealthiest generation, what is this? I need to figure out what I'm saying. The richest generation in history. As we're said to become the richest generation in history, food costs have hit a 30-year high. Spending a bigger part of their income on food than they did 30 years ago. In other words, at least going by food costs, we have made zero progress in 30 years. In fact, just last week, the Wall Street Journal actually published an article titled, quote, to save money, maybe you should skip breakfast. Not a joke. I've mentioned in recent videos how government spending and mandates have gutted our productive economy, despite the media's happy talk and useful advice about skipping breakfast. We are to the point that while each generation used to get much richer than their parents, in fact, almost double their parents' income, Today, millennials pine for the glory days of their youth, living in an actual house their parents owned instead of eating ramen at 40 with their roommates. A few days ago, the same Wall Street Journal put some stark numbers on it, reporting that the last time Americans spent this much of their paycheck on food, the internet did not exist, Terminator 2 was in the theaters, and Madonna was still rocking the pop charts. Americans now spend 11.4% of their income on food, with both groceries and restaurants getting worse. That's up from just over 9% before the pandemic and before Joe Biden. The journal thinks this will keep getting worse because of soaring prices for inputs and labor costs, especially since 22 states just hiked their minimum wage, which hits food production hard. Meanwhile, Americans' income, the other half of that number, have actually been falling since Joe Biden took office. According to my colleague EJ Antoni, the typical American household has lost $7,400 in lost annual income after inflation. You had recently bought a house, that loss is almost double. So incomes are falling, food's more expensive, we are moving backwards. The journal notes correctly that food prices are never coming back down, at least it's never happened under the modern Federal Reserve. Any inflation they take, they keep. Even Joe Biden's supposed inflation victory just meant prices went up slower. They never went down. Ironically, that same Joe Biden was recently threatening food companies for reducing portions, which they do so consumers can afford the product, because his talking point is that printing money to fund $7 trillion of deficits, which largely are buying wars and the COVID lockdowns, had nothing to do with prices. It was all corporate greed, as in companies were not greedy under Trump, but now they suddenly are. As Tom Woods puts it, that's like somebody asking why a plane crashed and Boeing says it was gravity. So what's next? Brought to you by Unchained.com. Harder times won't be news to people who are actually living in Joe Biden's economy for those who can see past the manipulated and cherry-picked government statistics. From shrinking houses and falling homeownership, those millennials with ramen, to second jobs and now soaring food burdens, we're seeing real-world indicators that Americans are no longer making progress, that the golden goose is dying. 
a fresh episode of the podcast just dropped where I round up all the weekly videos. Check it out at petersaintange.com. Okay, we'll be watching. See you next time. Yeah, I appreciate you, Peter. I might give you, you should skip. Might give your show a, a listen. I actually appreciate that. It's very well done, very concise, and very put together. So we're not making progress in the past 30 years, but we're being told that we are on pace to become the richest generation in history. Huh. And all of a sudden, companies are greedy. Huh. Wealth transfer. Huh. Crypto's pumping. Huh. Something's going on here, man. And we've already talked about it in one way, shape, and form. We know what's happening. And what's what's essentially going to take place is all these people who are inheriting their parents' wealth are going to give it over to the system. They're going to give it over to the system, and the system is going to be that much more stronger against them. And all the work that their parents have done to free themselves from this dependent system, this overreaching system, will, will, will be undone. That was actually a very great clip. Maybe I should have played that uh, when when talking about what's going on with the economy and more, but very great clip, Peter. We will talk more about that in the future. Here's a quick clip about how American farms are dying. Yep. Yeah, a lot of the people that are coming in buying our land are foreigners. Like, you know, and, and I've been taught, I've, I've thought about getting a farm. You know, if there's, if there is a way that I could live outside of this system, but still make money from the system, but live in like a parallel reality, I would. But it, it, we're, I'm just not there yet, where I haven't figured out how to unlock that code yet, or we're just not there yet. But Back to family farms dwindling in Alabama, back to that farmland being bought up by foreigners, back to us not basically stepping into our inheritance. This is what happens. This is what happens whenever they removed us from these rural settings and put us in these urban settings. And then from these urban settings, they're going to put us in these high rise 15 minute cities. This is this is a part of domestication. It's a it's a it's a slow and orderly and organized thing that takes generations. In the same way that, you know, we, we, we hear our, our parents and our grandparents talk about riding horses to, to school or, you know, doing farm work and, 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 and ranch work, you know, on the summers and after school and before school and stuff like that. Our kids, my kids, can't even, won't be able to comprehend that unless I make that decision to detach from society or have like a healthy relationship with it. Because that's that's basically what it boils down what it boils down to. We are in a very unhealthy relationship with a very unhealthy society. That's that's really what it boils down to. At the end of the day, we are in an unhealthy relationship in an unhealthy society, and it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. 
and they're, they're and they're and they're accelerating things. So it's not just the farms, and that's why she listed, you know, uh, not having the startup costs, uh, not wanting to take over their 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 family's farm, or just not having general interest. There's a multitude of reasons for why that would take place. And think about that social cultural shift of just being more agrarian to being more urban. So there's consequences to all these things. Let's continue forward. Uh, this is a little bit of a touch up of, I think what we talked about just last week, health emergency, one in five UK families cannot provide adequate food for their children. Costs have jumped 25% in two years. And I think we we read this right after we had covered how the Wall Street Journal was saying, oh, you're starving due to inflation, just eat less. And, and we, we had read this same article uh, alongside with it because this is this is what they're wanting to do. This is how they'll get you to eat the bugs. They've already told you what their solution is. If you don't come up with a solution, even Tedros Cabrasius, the World Health Organization chief has said, well, turns out our food and agricultural systems just aren't, <laughs> aren't sustainable. We're going to have to completely reimagine those. Bill Gates, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm glad you asked, Tedros. My thoughts are we should just genetically modify every single livestock that we don't use uh, if we're if we're deciding to go with lab-grown meat. <laughs> well, that's a wonderful job, Bill. Thanks for that presentation. And so that's that's what they're telling you your future is. Eating some kind of lab-grown meat, uh, insectoid, burger patty, impossible patty, hybrid type thing. Because they just don't want to take care of you. Like that, at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. They are creating a system under the guise of altruism, under the guise of taking care of you, that won't actually take care of you. We've, 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 we've got a clip about this that we covered for you guys last week. Greg Reese put it into a fantastic report where it has the testimony from the COVID vac vaccinated victim. And we, 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 we made a big stink about it in the previous episode, which we'll make a big stink about this week as well. You got a vaccinated injured woman whose solution isn't therapy or surgery or researching what illness has struck in her. No, 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 no. Her solution is medically assisted suicide. So the very same government that told you to take the dangerous the, the, the dangerous vaccine that made you paralyzed said the only solution for your paralysis is is is, is death. Assisted suicide. And so this is the system that's coming in. So do they have a problem wiping out your farms? Heck no, they don't. Especially the AI that they're deploying. Well, they know is cut the food source off immediately. Cut the energy source off. Cut it off. Spray the sky with reflective material. Bury trees. Cut down and bury trees. Modify their meat. Make them eat bugs. Destroy the farms. It, like, that, that's what I'm saying. They're listening to something that is anti-human, and that's what everything spawns from. We're not dealing with the source of the problem. We're dealing with symptoms of the problem. And now one in five UK families cannot provide adequate food for the children. Costs have gone up 25% in just two years. Two years. How long do you think given this trajectory, will it take for us to say, okay, we'll eat the bugs? 
Okay, I'll try a bug patty. Wow, you guys can't find any any well because of because of the war in Ukraine, we can't send any new grain. We can't make any new bread. So, you know, what you got's what you got. And so do you see again just the scientific evil that we're going up against and why so self-sovereignty, self-sustaining sh- like relationships where you're producing something and you have like a symbiotic or or a compatible relationship with other individuals where it's 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 mutually beneficial is the only way to move forward because we're we're talking about all out war right more in health news and more in agricultural stuff again i think we've got one more article and then we'll we'll go ahead and close out this segment for you guys this is just project problem uh, just showing you what's happening while we're upset about the current thing Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture says that all food is a is quote illegal unless produced and government approved facility. This is it right here. This is it right here. Anything you do, unless it involves a government approved anything, is illegal. That's the type of totalitarian authoritarian system we're going to find ourselves in. Oh, you have chickens? Did you register those chickens with the government? So that they can tax you for the amount of eggs that they produce? Did you register those cows? Did you register those goats? And I know that sounds crazy, but we don't, people don't understand like the times that we are in, that we actually do have this level of scientific, technocratic, like authoritarianism to where they'll say, hey, and, 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 we, and we've covered it over here on the show, you breathing is bad for the earth. Personal gardens are bad for the earth. Having children is bad for the earth. These are all things they've said. You put out too much carbon emissions. Bad for the earth. You should kill yourself. You as a human produce too much uh, carbon emissions. So what we're going to do is genetically modify you to make you meat resistant. These are all things. If you guys go back in the podcast, you can listen to. Talked about it. Because this is what they're doing. They are openly declaring war against you, your family, and your future progeny. And this is what it looks like. So when you like when we play clips of, you know, sarcastic clips of people saying, Wow, I'm training so that I can run away from the drones in the 15-minute cities, or you know, satirical clips of people saying, Wow, you know, this is why we live over here detached from society, baby, because they were poisoning everything. They were poisoning even the medicine. They were poisoning the food, the water, the animals, and everything. And so we left. We, we got out of it. Because, well, it was government-approved poison. It was government-approved poison. And so your freedom is illegal. Your independence is illegal. Your sovereignty is illegal. Your truth is terrorism in this empire of lies. Let's move forward. Shark Tank star Mr. Wonderful reveals who is winning the competition of states. We're going to play. This is Kevin O'Leary. He just last week, he talked about what's going on with these different states, how many people don't want to do business in New York and how they're moving to different states all across the nation to basically get reset up because uh, the rules and regulations outside of just how much it just nobody wants to do business in New York. And so you have different states basically raising up, being raised up, being grown up, 
having an influx of capital, an influx of intelligence, just becoming, you know, different powerhouses. And again, this is a part of the socioeconomic reformation, the socio-political reformation, and ultimately the Great Reset. I had a buddy. I'll, I'll say this, and I'll jump onto the. I'll, I'll play this clip. I had a buddy call me up today, like this this week, saying, "Jay, I want to set up a crypto business. I'm looking at floor. I'm looking at uh, is either Wyoming, is Wyoming, yeah, it's Wyoming. I'm looking at either Wyoming or Florida." And I was like, "Well, bro, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really heard a whole lot of people talk to me about Wyoming." I had a buddy that set up like a, a Bitcoin mining business out there, but it got hit with like a tornado. So he shut that down. But I know a lot of folks are setting up businesses over there in Florida because DeSantis is there and it's a it's full of old it's full of old Jews that retire from New York. And so there's a lot of money in Florida. I don't want it's a long story short. This 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 changing of our of our of our economy, of our mindset, of our politics, of where people spend their money. This isn't this isn't me just coming up with cool little sayings. This is a real world thing. People are voting with their dollars and they are voting with their lifestyle. And it has consequences, repercussions and things that are being felt immediately as well as multi-generationally. But let's listen. Kevin O'Leary is the chairman of O'Leary Ventures. Kevin, this is really audacious what not only our government's doing, but what these migrants are doing. Well, clearly the 2016 election that had this as a, as you pointed out earlier, uh, a number one issue, it's changed a little bit this time. First of all, it's policy unresolved that's turning back into politics. And that's a little unusual because right now on a bipartisan basis, this is the number one issue. But now it's at the state level because the cities that have turned into uh, migrant sanctuaries are burdened with this incredibly expensive metric that you're detailing here, but it's not just New York. Chicago's got issues. Many cities have issues. And all of a sudden, the people that vote, and here we are, nine and a half months, 10 months away from the election, are realizing the impact of this unresolved 2016 issue now hitting them right in their own jurisdiction. And so I, I predict this probably becomes the number one and maintains that status as both sides turn this into a, a huge fight. But now it's hit home. I mean, New York's got lots of other problems these days, but this one's getting up to the top of the New York charts. Right. And I think that's going to make it even more unstable and really going to really be a very interesting outcome in terms of, of a general election. What does this do, though, to the country's foundation? If you have overwhelming waves of migrants moving into these gorgeous cities and then it, bankrupting these cities... The services aren't as good. The streets aren't as good. And a lot of the families living in the cities move out because they can't afford it and don't want to deal with the drama. And then they go to the counties and they go to the suburbs. What does this do to the country at large? Well, that's already happening. The competition of states started five years ago when all of a sudden taxes and inefficiencies and poorly run jurisdictions started seeing people leave. And you can count San Francisco as one of those places. You can now count the state of California. You can count the 1,200 license plates that are changed into Florida from New York State every day. And so 
That's happening anyways before the migrant issue hit. The more successful states, like at Tennessee, if you look at Nashville, it's the fastest growing city in America, have figured out a way to deliver goods and services on a very competitive basis. This is really about management. It actually is about management. Some cities are well managed, some states are well managed, and others are not. And now, post-pandemic, we have the competition of states. And I frankly think it's healthy. I do too. And it's hurting the punching power of these blue states. Because you know what? They, they punch themselves in the face. Kevin, thank you so much. Take care. So what politicians do right. the Chinese own? We'll name names. All right, Jesse. I appreciate you. See, you, you reminds me of like, uh, he reminds me of like, what's that movie? It reminds me of that actor from Idiocracy and like stealing Harvard with like Frank the Tank and Will Ferrell. He reminds me of that guy. Jesse Waters, but uh, good, good stuff. The competition of states, something to keep in mind going forward, because we're not the only ones that see it. People are feeling it in their pocketbook. People are feeling it every single time they step outside their house. Uh, and like you said, it's not a, it's it's a it's a discussion of management. It is truly a discussion of management. Some states are well managed. Some businesses are well managed, and that's what it boils down to. As things become even more unstable and destabilized. You're going to want to work with people who know how to manage these things, who can keep a cool head as others freak out. But here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're jumping into COVID-19 news and more. More victories regarding the vaccine. Studies coming out confirming everything we've been discussing for years. The myocarditis, the pericarditis, the neurological diseases, the post-vaccination uh, personality disorders. I mean, my God, just last week we played for you guys. People who 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 are vaccinated emitting fluorescent light, um, for, uh, it, it's crazy. We're going to be talking about COVID and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. what's going on around you. You are in a state of war and you have precious little time to save yourself. It's a slow process which we call active measures. The first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis. With a violent change of power, structure and economy, period of normalization. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C. who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not.
time bomb is ticking. But every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. What we want is a system that liberates individuals as meaningfully and as broadly as possible. That should be our guide. That's classically liberal. It is, it is classically liberal, and I believe it is also actually liberal, and it is a perfect match for what I find my many conservative friends believe as well. That this is the metric that we can use to test any system that we put in place. Does it liberate people, or does it constrain them? If it liberates them meaningfully over the long term, it's a good thing. What they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration, but you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. I don't think we really have any choice but to rescue Western civilization. It is the best tool we've got, always has been. It's not to say that it can't use upgrading here and there, but we have to save it because your children, my children, and all of the grandchildren that we might ultimately have are depending on us to do it. And the idea of hypernovelty is that although human beings are the fastest evolving animal species that has ever existed, and that is largely the result of the fact that we evolve in a different way, we are actually able to evolve culturally, which is much more rapid than genetic evolution. But even though we are the fastest evolving animal species that has existed, the rate of technological change is so fast that even our evolutionary capacity... We can't catch up. We cannot keep up. And that is resulting in us being sick physically, psychologically, socially. And what you're detecting as the, the collapse of civilization is really a manifestation of many different kinds of hypernovelty that is making it um, difficult for us to see what's in our interest. They are gambling with a planet that isn't theirs to destroy, that is actually, it is the, the birthright of every living person and it is the entitlement of all the people who will eventually live here. They are, they are gambling with it and they obviously don't know what they're doing. It is likely that many of the deaths that occur as a result of these shots, it's the result of the mRNA platform itself. That anything you loaded onto that platform would produce many of these pathologies because the platform itself is deeply flawed. Caleb Pollock was one of millions coerced and deceived into getting the deadly COVID shots when they were mandated in 2021. Could you tell us why you decided to get the COVID-19 vaccine? Basically, a lot of it had to do with the things I was hearing on TV. So there was a lot of fear just being screamed at me by not just the TV, but also like, you know, when you hear like the WHO is on TV telling you that this is like a deadly pandemic and, you know, people with immune disorders are going to, you know, die from COVID-19 more likely than other people. Um, you know, I was hearing about that and my dad was dying in long-term care at the time in order to go see him. I needed the shots in order to go to work. I needed the shots. A week after receiving the Moderna booster shot, she fell to the floor and was paralyzed for 30 minutes. Another episode happened a week later 
And shortly after that, she became paralyzed from the neck down. The first doctor told her that this was something that often happens to people when they're upset and that it was all in her head. He told me that um, this was something that often happens to people when they're upset and that I essentially this was in my head. And the good news was that I would get better because I was essentially having an episode that was some sort of psychotic episode. I asked him when I would get better, and he said, you know, it, it, it's up to you, really. A second doctor was honest with her, but had to keep it hidden. The second diagnosis, a, a doctor came to me, and he whispered in my ear, and he said, I think there's something seriously wrong with you. I do not think you're faking. He said, I have a neurologist or a radiologist who's willing to read your report at home. If you go into the scanner right now, I can get that done. They found a massive lesion on her spine, and the doctor told her it was most likely caused by the vaccine and that he's seen many cases just like it. Most likely it's going to be probably from using my gut impression here from the vaccine. So other people have it? Many. Many? Many. Kayla spent several months in the hospital's rehabilitation center, where the staff offered her medical-assisted suicide on two occasions, which is the only assistance the medical system seems to offer. Rehab didn't do a whole lot. Um, I, when I was sent home from rehab, I was told that I'd be getting a lot of personal support hours, and I got home from rehab, and uh, for uh, four days straight, nobody came. If this story is disturbing to you, then it means you still have a heart and your human soul has managed to survive these dark days. The trauma has been too much for many who have disassociated into cold indifference and fail to fully recognize the crimes that are being committed against all of humanity. Celia Farber wrote that what has happened and is happening is by far the worst crime ever committed, worse than the atomic bombs and all wars combined. We all struggle to fight off the feeling that in some way we have already died. And the daily challenge is not to disassociate, but to bear witness. Since every person still alive now is either a victim of the shots or a witness. And we should be prepared for these criminals to try this again. The mainstream media is now talking about strange cases of the measles. The highly infectious measles virus is spreading across more of the country including in Florida, where a concerning outbreak is growing. And the latest CDC data shows more than 30 cases nationwide this year across more than a dozen states. Is there something about this year that is making people more vulnerable to the measles right now? Yeah, it's a combination of people not getting their vaccines on schedule during the pandemic and then just not necessarily getting to the doctor's office. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That was Greg Reese's report. Good God. That was Greg Reese's report on medical staff offers assisted suicide to Canadian woman paralyzed by COVID jabs. Medically assisted suicide. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. This segment's titled Victory Over Venom. Uh, Talking about Kayla's one case, unfortunately, Kayla is a statistic. She is representative of millions of, of, not Americans, millions of individuals worldwide 
who are going through this same type of trauma, the same type of horror, and they're and they're and they're not getting the assistance they need. Remember, at the height of the pandemic, they told people like Kayla who were suffering this, "Oh, you're having an anxiety attack. Oh, this is misinformation. Yeah, your experience is misinformation." But now that we're over here on the other side of things like this, and we've been keeping up with it for almost two to three years now, we've been documenting week for week after week just the devastating revelations regarding the vaccine. Kayla is just, this, this is sad to hear, but that's what I'm saying. This is a twofold thing. You're hearing one about a woman literally being victimized by the vaccine and then bounced into a government that says her only solution for care is essentially medically assisted suicide, keeping her comfortable. How crazy is that? And so, as as Greg Reese said towards the end of that, that that video, he's right. A lot of people have disassociated into cold indifference, and that's what you're feeling. It's that it's that malaise, it's that 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 quagmire of just negative emotions that they find themselves in. That 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 they realize that they've been lied to. They know that something's wrong, and so they're 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 fighting off that feeling of we're already dead. And you see it, you feel it in people around them, around you. you. You can see it. They know that something's wrong. They just can't tell what. And that cold indifference is producing this even angrier world, this bitter world where we no longer, we no longer strive to have great ideas. We no longer shoot for the, uh, shoot for the stars to land on the moon, so to speak. We don't try to do, we, we don't believe in American exceptionalism. Western exuberance. And things like this. People like Kayla who have experienced, I've I've talked about people like Kayla in my own personal life that I've seen go through this tragic thing. And the fact that her story is getting out there, hopefully other people can get in front of the camera and explain it as well. But again, Kayla is representative of so many people. She's, she's my age. I think she's like either 30, 37 or 39. I forget, but she, she, imagine that. Imagine that. Being paralyzed at the pinnacle of your life, your childbearing years. Imagine me saying, guys, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to shut the podcast down. I'm paralyzed now. Guys, I've developed cancer. How many YouTubers have done that? I'm pretty sure there's a compilation now. I can play, I, I follow, I see clips of this on Twitter all the time of influencers around the world who are making fun of, 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 the unvaxxers, whatever the hell they call us, and then they're dead. But imagine that, being destroyed in the prime of your life, and that's what these people are doing. And that's what I'm saying by scientific evil, so calculated that people can't comprehend it. So they do disassociate. They do do the drugs. They put the Apple Vision goggles on. They don't want to talk about the migrants. They're waiting for the next season of Game of Thrones or or another season of Rick and Morty. They're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And look at what this evil has done. It trained people to destroy themselves. Absolutely disgusting. So a fantastic report from the great Greg Reese about Kayla and her tragic situation, which is so representative of many others across the entire world. Here's an article by Marina Zhang from the Epoch Times of the folks at Zero Hedge picked up. On February 26th, 
This is a host of notable COVID-19 vaccine adverse events backed by evidence. It's a pretty lengthy article. We'll just read the bullet points. It says that since the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines, a significant number of vaccinated people have reported various adverse reactions. Some adverse events are widely acknowledged like blood clots and myocarditis. Others are less publicly discussed, but are still present in the research literature. Epoch Times review the U.S. vaccine adverse event reporting system, United Kingdom's yellow card reporting system, South Africa's VAERS database, and the numerous peer-reviewed studies selecting the top reported adverse events with literature support. Their severity determines in the order of events. It is worth noting that VAERS is a passive reporting system that relies on people to send in reports of their experiences. It may not determine causality, but, quote, is especially useful for detecting unusual or unexpected patterns that might indicate a possible vaccine safety signal, according to the official website. Some of the adverse events have been previously reported by the Epoch Times, but blah, 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 blah. So it says, uh, it has. it looks like it has them kind of right here. I'll read this and I'll, I'll try to fly through them. It says that uh, what causes COVID-19 vaccine adverse reactions? Clinicians treating persistent vaccine adverse reactions believe that the leading cause of such injuries is the COVID-19 spike protein. Spike proteins exist on the surface of the SARS-CoV-2 virus that invades cells and causes disease. The COVID-19 mRNA vaccines also induce the body to make spike proteins. The cells that are supposed that are exposed to the mRNA produce spike proteins and then display these proteins on their surfaces. The immune system then attacks these protein the spike proteins, thereby forming an immunity against them. The cells may also be destroyed. And so here's here's six pathways through which the spike protein can cause damage. Somebody needs to make a graph or a graphic of this. Or maybe we make a graphic. Yeah, maybe we make a graphic. We recently got Canva. Uh, this is totally unrelated. We recently got Canva for business purposes. And so we're going to start firing out content that way. And so we'll start making more graphics and more content. But maybe we make like a graphic like this of how the spike protein can cause damage uh, because sometimes people are visual learners and not audio learners. And so uh, having a, a great little video or a little graphic to to go over this might help. But um, immune dis- dysregulation, blood clotting and vascular damage, mitochondrial dysfunction, mast cell activation syndrome, autoimmune reactions, tissue damage through spike persistence. And let me just fly through some of these nervous system disorders. Uh, Guillain-Barre, dementia, seizures, gait disturbance, Bell's palsy, tremors, sensory changes, headaches and dizziness. Uh, Again, these are all neurological. Neurological disorders. We've got an article about that coming up as well. I'll I'll get into detail on it over there. But uh, some of the cardiac disorders are, you know, cardiomyopathy, heart attacks, myocarditis and pericarditis, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, arrhythmia, hypertension, heart palpations. Uh, And then it goes on to talk about blood disorders. And so there's a series of issues associated with taking this vaccine. And longtime listeners of the show, you guys know this because we've been we've been saying it for, for years. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. Don't take that shot. Don't do that. Put that down. And now here we are years later, and I'm not saying what's crazy is you've never heard me say, ha ha, we were right or ha ha, you know, or, or, or laugh at something. 
or, or, or claim credibility. This is confirmation of everything that we were hearing, all the research that we were getting, the, the simulations and the tests that people were looking at before they took these shots. And sure enough, it happened. And it's even worse than that. It's even worse than what we're figuring out. Like we, we, we talk about, you know, dysregulation, autoimmune issues and things like this. Think about what that actually means. People can no longer regenerate. People can no longer heal themselves. People are getting sicker quicker because they're not getting better faster. The NHEJ uh, DNA repair mechanism, uh, like apparently we, we now know this. We know the specific genes that have been affected by this shot. Because that's what it is. It's gene therapy. It's not me. It's 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 not a classical vaccine where they have like an attenuated virus and they expose you to it and your body develops a natural immunity to it. That's not what this is. This is genetic modification that gets your body to produce a spike protein and never stop producing it. That's why people are getting sicker faster and sharing that sickness. Look at this. Dr. Phil shocks the view hosts by slamming the impact of COVID lockdowns on children. Says Dr. Phil, Dr. Phil let the view hosts stun after revealing the true impact COVID lockdowns had on children. During an, AB, an appearance on the ABC show, the television host began by explaining the harm smartphones and social media had wrought on childhood development. Quote, kids stopped living their lives and started watching people live their lives. And so we saw the biggest spike and the highest levels of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidality since records have been kept. And it just continues on and on and on. That narrative was palpable to the hosts, but when McGraw used the same logic to slam COVID lockdowns, the hosts bristled. And so, again, those are the pod. We, we saw a taste, a beta run of the pod, per, of the pod generation with, with the lockdowns. And I was saying this earlier because I saw Black. I saw Dr. Phil on um, I saw Dr. Phil on The Breakfast Club speaking to Charlemagne the God and Charlemagne's looking like frustrated and you know upset like man I got to listen to this 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 old dude and here I hear here I see him over here now with Whoopi Goldberg and uh, it doesn't look like who's 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 the other redheaded mega Karen that's always upset about stuff. You know what I'm talking about. But now we've got Dr. Phil over here while he's also on The View and The Breakfast Club trying to communicate to people. And I can't help but think that Dr. Phil now represents like that archetypal old folk that's, that's, that's trying to speak wisdom and knowledge to the younger generation. Just last week, we, we had him over is either last week or the week before last where we were playing clips of him down there at the border saying, what do you guys need? to do your job here. So is this the media trying to paint Dr. Phil as like somebody on the right or what? Is he making rounds? Is he trying to get the word out? I don't know. I mean, he was on Joe Rogan as well. So for some reason they have Dr. Phil making the rounds, speaking the truth. But as I see him making these rounds, I look at people around him. I look at the people he's speaking to. I, the message he's saying is very appropriate. But the, the environment in which he's saying it, I look at their reactions and I can't help but feel that he's, 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 he's speaking to people who were lost. He's trying to command reason, logic, and wisdom 
from people who are hyperbolic and emotional who don't want to hear common sense. So let me play this quick clip. We'll continue on from there. But here's Dr. Phil talking common sense about how the lockdowns messed up an entire generation and programmed them, essentially. Like 08, 09, smartphones came on and and kids started, they stopped living their lives and started watching people live their lives. Mm. And so we saw the biggest spike and the highest levels of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidality since records have ever been kept. And it's just continued on and on and on. And then COVID hits 10 years later, and the same agencies that knew that are the agencies that shut down the schools for two years. Who does that? Who takes away the support system for these children? Who takes them away and shuts it down? And by the way, when they shut it down, they stopped the mandated reporters from being able to see children that were being abused and sexually molested and, in fact, sent them home and abandoned them to their abusers with no way to watch. And referrals dropped 50 to 60 percent. So there was also a yeah. pandemic yeah, going was, on. They were trying to save, they were trying lives, to save kids' well. lives. Remember, we know a lot of folks who oh, died. Yeah during this so it wasn't people weren't laying around eating but well you know what we're lucky maybe we're lucky they didn't because we kept them out of the 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 places that they could be sick because no one wanted to believe we had an issue are you saying no school children died of covid i'm saying it was the safest group they were the less vulnerable group and they suffered and will suffer more from the mismanagement of COVID than they will from the exposure to COVID. And that's not an opinion. That's a fact. Well, Phil. Yeah. See, you can't, can't tell them the, can't tell them facts. Now they got feelings, you know, and as you sit there and you look at those venomous vipers, those snakes, those witches and, and, and those witches with, with lights on them, sit there and try to just pick apart what Dr. Phil's saying, like, listen, I'm not trying to be political. I'm talking to you about numbers and facts here. And you can hear them. You can see them just waiting to to pick him apart and to destroy him. And so that's why I have right here this little thing I scribbled where it's like people like being dirty and decadent. Because you have Dr. Phil trying to explain to people this is a very serious issue. I'm just trying to get you to think. But because people have been traumatized and programmed, traumatized from the lockdowns, programmed by the social media, only radicalized and let outside to go protest George Floyd's funeral or whatever. They don't understand how like, hey, you're 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 being set up. You're being used. You're being played right now. I'm I'm not the one trying to play you. I know that you're you realize you're being played. Let me try to reach you. And what's crazy is you can you can see it through their mannerisms as well. You can see it even through their mannerisms. And I think that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, because you see Whoopi Girlboy saying, oh, well, they were just trying to save the kids. Everybody, they didn't know what was going on. They were just trying to save the kids. Well, there were actually people that didn't know what was going on. There were people that did know what was going on. This, They were the least affected community, the, the least affected population, and they were actively trying to come after them, and they were trying to do everything in their power to move heaven and earth to do so. And because people who have taken the shot can't see that they've been set up and lied to. They won't. They they have to keep it going. They can't admit that they were wrong, and so they're about to drag us down in their lives with them. Absolutely dreadful. 
But in a turn of pace, again, another victory against the venom. Vaccinators in New Zealand fear for their lives as public rise up against the pandemic genocide. It says thousands of nurses in New Zealand say they now fear for their lives as the public begins rising up against the genocide committed against them during the pandemic. The names and details of over 12,000 vaccinators in New Zealand was recently leaked online. The Te Watu Ora, Ora data uh, breach has left nurses who administered the deadly shots fearing a backlash from an angry public. One nurse who did not want her name to be used said she was shocked to receive an email from Te Watu Ora on Friday telling her her name was on the list. NewZealandHerald.com.nz reports that she was not so sure what else to do to feel safer and so far had asked her landlord to fix her fence. Quote, I just worry that someone will come to my house and threaten me and my children, she said. The email of the, to the vaccinators said the names were found on the document on the U.S. site on January 25th. Quote, to the best of our knowledge, your name was removed from the publicly available file on the 29th of January, my birthday. It said, quote, in saying this, I also need to acknowledge that the information is still held by one or more parties outside of our control. The nurse worried people might track her down years later and wanted Tewatu Ora to guarantee it would support any nurses with safety help long term. Well, let me pause right there because, again, maybe this is is this something we should have put when we were talking about the cyber attacks? I don't know. But leaking the names of people who were administering the vaccines, that seems like a very specific thing. A very, very target, a very nefarious thing. Is it white hat hackers? Is it black hat hackers? Is it gray hat hackers? It's hackers. It's social engineers throwing blood in the water, letting sharks come after it. Now, that's why this is like a double-edged thing. It's 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 good that these names are being leaked, but it's also bad that these names are being leaked. There is a there is a certain way to go about justice. There's a certain way to go about retribution and 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 a getting the names of people it's, there's there's a certain way to do this this is not that though leaking names that's going to get people hurt and then they're going to say look at these anti-vaxxers coming after these vaccinated individuals look at look at these radical christian nationalists these these radical unvaccinated christian nationalists coming up against the vaccinated and just like that they have a narrative the same way they had a narrative during the pandemic there's no religious exemption. You're a Bible. You're a Bible thumper. You're a bitter clinger. You 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 uh, you Jesus worshiper. You know whatever what what have you whatever kind of derogatory thing they can kind of come up with, and then they have the narrative. But is this so? That's why this is a double edged sword. It's good that they're worried, but it's also bad that they're worried because what they will do with it. Interesting. We've got more news in the land there down under. It looks like they were going through quite a lot this week. I love to see it. it. Says the Supreme Court rules that the Australian vaccine vaccine mandate was unlawful. That's right. It says an Australian a Supreme Court in Australia has just ruled that the Dratonian, draconian COVID vaccine mandates issued against emergency responders were unlawful. This is an article by Frank Bergman from Slate News. They put this up February twenty eighth. Says Australia's Queensland Supreme Court has ruled that the COVID vaccine mandates implemented on police and ambulance workers violated their Human Rights Act. In 2022, both police and ambulance service, service workers 
questioned the constitutionality of the mandate. Multiple lawsuits were filed against the state over the mandate that was issued in December of 2021. In a landmark Supreme Court ruling on Tuesday, Justice Glenn Martin of the Queensland Supreme Court found the Queensland Police Commissioner Katarina Carroll's direction for mandatory COVID vaccination to be unlawful under the Human Rights Act. A similar COVID vaccination order issued by the Director General of Queensland Health at the time, Jake Wakefield, Jake Wakefield or John Wakefield, was determined to be, quote, of no effect. Enforcement of both mandates and any related disciplinary actions are to be banned. The court ruled as it delivered judgments in three lawsuits brought by 86 parties. Justice Martin held the police commissioner, held that the police commissioner, quote, did not consider the human rights ramifications before issuing the COVID, vac- the COVID workplace vaccination directive within the Queensland Police Service. The COVID vaccination directive to Queensland's ambulance service workers, meanwhile, was found to be lawful. However, Justice Martin said that the Director General had failed to, quote, establish that the direction he made is a term of employment of the applications. So good stuff there. Good stuff there. This is the type of stuff we need to see. Because, I mean, whenever, whenever we were all going through it, Australia was the test ground. They were locking people down over there. They were really, really getting authoritarian. So it's not, and it's like what Dr. Phil said. A lot of these people are dying not from the virus or from the vaccine, but from mismanagement, which is an echo of what Kevin O'Leary said when it talks about what's going on with the competition of states, how it's, it comes down to management, comes down to management, mismanagement. Well, what happens whenever you kill 17 million people with the shot? Well, you have that experience deficit. You have a lot of mismanagement. You have a lot of mismanagement. And when, again, you have a pod person generation prior to COVID, you have people over here who were doing TikTok dances left and right. They're, they're, they're getting information from, a, from, from, from their iPads, from their iPhones. They're not really being educated. They have continuing education courses where they're, you know, continually upgraded and given more information. You see, where, you see where I'm going with this. So it's not the it's not the vaccine that's killing. Well, it is the vaccine that's killing folks, but it's also the mismanagement, planned obsolescence, planned incompetence. So it took 86 parties to come together for the Supreme Court in Australia to say, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't mandate the vaccine. Maybe." Maybe we should stop that. Yeah, Queensland Supreme Court rules COVID vaccine mandates for police and paramedics unlawful. So, so big little W or, or big W over there in Australia, right? Big big W. And I'm I'm trying to th- I, I I forget the name of the New Zealand whistleblower uh, that was with Liz Gunn where he was able to basically track and monitor the deaths from the the vaccines out there. But I mean, these things are still going on out there. So this is a good thing that they're stopping these mandates because there are people that are still dying from taking them. Like you saw with Kayla at the start of this segment, people who are in the prime of their life, but because they were told, Hey, you can't go outside. You can't go see your loved ones. You can't work. You can't do anything. Unless you take this shot. Well, they took it. The ones that took it 
God helped them. God helped them. COVID vaccine arm mRNA can spread systematically to the placenta and infants of women vaccinated during pregnancy. This is an article by Megan Redshaw from the Epoch Times. The folks over there at Signs of the Time picked it up February 19th. It says that a new report demonstrates for the first time the ability of COVID-19 vaccines to penetrate the fetal placental barrier and reach the intrauterine environment. A new report suggests vaccine mRNA does not remain at the injection site following the vaccination, but can, quote, spread systematically to the placenta and umbilical cord blood of infants whose mothers are vaccinated during pregnancy. Let me pause right there because you know, I, 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 I talk all too frequently about how I have seen this and am still seeing this. You know, I went to a party. I went to a birthday party over the weekend. You know, and any good parent will tell you that their their kid is better than any child out there. Any good parent will tell you that. <laughs> because it's true for that parent. But but what I'm trying to say is there's a look now. Let me see if I can. There's, there's a look. I remember reporting on this like a few years back. When they said, oh, you know, one in one in three kids will be autistic. Something like that. One in one in three children will be autistic or something like some crazy statistic that I remember covering at the time. And I thought it was crazy. One in five or one in three or some really, really small number. And, and I couldn't fathom a world of just autistic kids. I couldn't fathom it. Because I had this idea of like what Down syndrome looked like or what autism looked like. But now that we're being told, because there are so many autistic people here, there's a spectrum of autism, right? There's a spectrum of autism. And at this party over the weekend, I didn't see like the spectrum of autism. I'm saying I saw another kid that was on the autism spectrum, same age as my daughter, but not the same size, not the same anything. Like, like not the same anything. Like she's she's also a female, but there's a there's a look. I'm trying to tell you, there's a look that these kids these kids have the vaccinated kids, the vaccinated babies who come from vaccinated mothers, and it's a it's a look. And I saw that look again, man, and I keep seeing that look. Is what is is what I'm trying to get around to saying. So that I've got to pull out from that and say, this, this is a real thing. I'm seeing it all over my own personal life. And, 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 and we've talked about it over here on the show and how this is the plan as well. Epigenetic, epi, epigenetic and intergenerational manipulation. It says that a new report suggests vaccine mRNA does not remain. I just went over that. In a peer-reviewed pre-proof Accepted for publication in the American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, researchers presented two cases that demonstrate for the first time the ability of COVID-19 vaccines to penetrate the fetal placental barrier and reach the inside of the, uter of the uterus. Additionally, researchers detected spike protein in placental tissue, indicating the bioactivity of the mRNA in reaching the placenta. Researchers vaccinated two pregnant women with mRNA vaccines shortly before delivery to determine whether the mRNA in COVID-19 vaccines reached the placenta or fetus following maternal vaccination. Quote, 
The primary objective of the study was to investigate the knowledge gaps surrounding mRNA therapies during pregnancy. Utilizing the COVID-19 vaccine as a foundation for future mRNA therapeutic developments, given its established use, the study's corresponding author, Dr. Nazi Hana, a neonatologist, told the Epoch Times by email. They want to, for future uses, basically. And so if you've been a longtime listener of the show, you've heard me talk and play video clips of people like Dr. James Northrup, or James, uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup, and Dr. James Thorpe. I think I messed those back. I got those backwards. It's been a bit. No, that's it. It's Dr. James Thorpe and Dr. Christiane Northrup. These are two uh, board-certified American, two board-certified gynecologists from the board of obstetrics, where they talked about it, and they went through a series of tours and speaking engagements and testimonies where they're demanding that we stop these shots for pregnant women. And I remember even last year, I think it was around either September or November, they were saying, hey, pregnant women, it's time for you to get your shots again. The CDC put out a tweet and I remember freaking out about it because it was either September when the when my daughter was born, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, or November, I was about to say nine months, November's the 11th month, or November, I think it was in November. I think it was either, I, I forget the tweet specific date, but I remember tripping out about it because that was right whenever, yeah, I think it was in September because that's the eighth month coming up on the ninth month. People that, you know, got a little frisky in the last or the year before that, you know, they started to have their pregnancy. They know what they're doing is what I'm saying. Scientific evil. They're still studying the data the same way we are studying the data. We're looking at theirs. We're looking at we're looking at insurance actuaries. We're looking at all this anecdotal evidence to try to figure out what the heck is going on with the deaths. What's going on with the vaccine It's the same way that the CDC and these companies, they're also studying the data as well. Just last week, we had on the show for you guys, or not, not on the show, we played a clip on the show of a Pfizer whistleblower in Ukraine talking about how many deaths are occurring every time they administer the shots. They're studying this. We're living through one of the craziest crimes in history, and they're disguising it as an experiment. And so, no, you're seeing, you're, you're seeing that. That's why they wanted to get people pregnant. That's why they said lock you down, mate like rabbits, and then take this experimental gene therapy because they wanted to study the effects, not only not only on the administered party, but the in but the but the intergenerational epigenetic byproduct as well, the kids. You see, it was always about the kids. And so when I'm telling you, as I've said for years, that there will only be transhumans in the technocracy. Just by doing this, we have birthed a new species. I'll say it again. Simply by taking the vaccine while you were pregnant, and praise God you were able to deliver your child, you have given birth to a new species. This is, and, and, and my God, I could talk forever about this. This is why women are the portal. This is why women are so important. But
amazing. Absolutely amazing. You know what I love? I love whenever I'm doing a show and everything just shuts down. It's absolutely awesome. I'm, I'm not even sure how much of that that you guys heard. Seriously. Not even sure how much of that you guys heard. <sighs> These are becoming all too, all too common, all too frequent. You know, and the sad part is, the sad and funny part is, I'll, I'll say this because we're restarting everything. Our computer just shut down again, all of a sudden. I'm not even sure how much how much of what I had that you guys had. Uh, but the previous setup that we had prior to just going overhaul, broadcasting on all these different platforms was way more streamlined. But I mean, I, I guess that's what happens with, with, with progress. There's There's bound to be some kind of problems. But while we go ahead and get that stuff set up, let me try to run back to what I was what I was saying beforehand. So there's like some consistency in thought. Prior to me getting disconnected, I was speaking about how, because we were reading an article about people who have taken the COVID vaccine and how some of that mRNA transfers into the fetus and how people like Dr. James Thorpe and Dr. Christiane Northrup two board-certified obstetricians from the American Board of Obstetrics, they talked about they talked about this. They said how big of an issue this was. Fast forward to where we're at now. Fast forward to where we're at now, and this is one of the reasons why I think we may have gotten disconnected. Fast forward to where we're at now. I talked about, you know, how one in every three children or one in every five children is going to be autistic, how, you know, even all the way up to last year, they were telling people, hey, come get your COVID vaccines. Fast forward to where we're at right now. We literally have a whole new generation, a whole new species, a whole new race of humans coexisting here. And that's not that's not a, that's not a joke. That's not hyperbole. That's facts. That's real. The COVID vaccinated mothers that took this vaccine, they gave birth to a hybrid race. Make no mistake, that's exactly what happened. It looks like we're we're getting back on. We're getting back online. Give me one quick second, guys. And we should be good again. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay. I think uh, I think we're back. These changeover times are getting quicker. That's good. Let's go ahead and jump back into that, guys, so we don't waste too much more time and so they don't have another, so they don't come after us again. Let me go ahead and start getting back into the content. I'll try to summarize my point because we are we are in women are the portal they are creating a hybrid human race we are the last natural born the last natural born humans and articles and things like this just exemplify it it should just really explain the time frame that we're in 
COVID vaccine mRNA can spread systematically to the placenta and infants of women vaccinated during the pregnancy. That's always been the plan. It's always been the plan to, to birth a hybrid human race, to birth a hybrid human race and destroy the portal for its last bridge so that we're not able to go back and fix things. And that's what these people are doing. But ironically enough, we only had like one more clip for this segment, and then we were going to hit a hardcore break. I kid you not. I had like a little bit of a doom break, something funny, uh, because we were talking about all this death. Here's what happens when the elites, here's how the elites think whenever people start becoming too conscious. We're going to play this quick clip. It's made by like an Instagram influencer, just uh, somebody making some content. I thought it would be pretty funny. We're going to play this quick clip, and then we'll take a quick break right after that. Give me one quick second, guys. We still have it connected to. Uh... Give me one quick second. Forgot to do the audio test to make sure that everything was the way that it needed to be. So let me go ahead and make sure that that's all set up for you guys. And again, my my apologies, guys. Go ahead and pull this up. The food supply. Yes, sir. There's no mineral left in the soil. Are you feeding them negativity on the news. Yes, sir. War and death. Social media. Yes, sir. Gender war. Racism. It's not enough. They keep coming back. What do we do? We need to lower their immune systems. I thought we did that already with the virus, sir. What else can we do? More poison. We'll put more poison in the crop field. We use all the poison. We'll poison the animals. The animals. And tell them to eat the animals. This is why you're our leader, sir. Yeah. The poison in the animals. Train are doctors. To not address the cause. I see where you're going. But only the, the symptom. symptom. So, so they get, get treated, treated forever, forever and eventually die. die. And we still get, get the, the money. Sir, what about the people that have found cures for these diseases and are trying to help other people cure these we'll diseases? We'll make it punishable by law to say you can cure disease. What about the people that know the truth about COVID? Punishable by law to spread misinformation about COVID. But sir, that's free speech. We can't pass a law we'll like pay that. pay social media to take down people that you, you say the that. word. Come. <laughs> oh, man. It's good. It's good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about immigration, the immigration integration, what that means for our culture, and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. Young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, half of this government, are actually young noble leaders of the world. Grateful. We penetrate the cabinets. The change is not just happening. The change can be shaped by us. We have to prepare for a more angry world. How to prepare? Take the necessary action to create a fairer world. I see the need for a great reset. So people assume we are just going back to the good old world which we had and everything will be normal again. This is, uh, let's say, fiction. It will not happen. There is only one way this pandemic is going to go. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. The next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner and it is the climate crisis. 
Since our last meeting, we've made tremendous progress. And I'd like to say that most of the credit goes to our extremely efficient International Research and Development Committee. So I would like to thank each and every one of you for your hard work and dedication to our cause. In reviewing this year's progress, let me say that we have been highly effective in conditioning the people's minds to accept our solution to the world's problems. The energy crisis here in the United States was exceptionally successful worldwide and we expect similar success with our upcoming food shortage. Our labor leaders have made great progress by causing confusion and work stoppages in all areas of the world. Financially, the dollar is being devalued even faster than we could have hoped. Politically, the public has lost total confidence in any form of government. The threat of universal war is a daily possibility. As you know, we ourselves do not need to hold any visible office of leadership. As a matter of fact, it's better that we do not. If we control the finances, news media, food, transportation, energy, we control everything. It is important that you, as world leaders, Keep our program before your countrymen. With our World Bank and computer program operational, we now have the capacity to control the financial affairs of every human being on Earth by giving each person his own computer number. Anytime his number is used, we would know his financial situation at once. He could not buy or sell anything without his computer number. It will simplify their lifestyles tremendously. The end result will be a one-world monetary and government system that we alone will control. Salutations, my friends. I'm here to talk to you about, that's right, CBD oil. CBD oil can reduce the risk of relapse among alcohol and cocaine addicts, and you know they're trying to flood us with both. According to a 2013 study published in the British Journal of Clinical Pharmacology, CBD was proven to have these benefits, relieving pain and inflammation, having antipsychotic effects, reducing anxiety, helping to fight cancer, relieving nausea, treating seizures, lowering incidences of diabetes, and also promoting cardiovascular health. Realize that in 2014, Purdue Pharma received FDA approval for an opioid drug that claimed to help curb the opioid addiction. This will actually help you curb 
your usage of opioids as well as your reliance upon them. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Spoiler lies and share truth. Freedom Faction, out. and migrant in the country illegally, bragging about ripping the country off. Listen to this. You came to the United States to work, and I came to vacation. Look at the difference. She is the one that maintains me. That is why I don't work, because the government gives her what belongs to her, to my daughter, for being an American citizen. Capiche? I have no need to work because, well, guys, like few of you, this little princess, for being American, already receives a lot of money. Capiche? The trick is to have children in the United States. Here is the gold mine. The gold mine. We have sound now from a Venezuelan migrant in the country illegally bragging about ripping the country off. Listen to this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. In this segment, I entitled it Immigration Integration, because very uh, that's exactly what you heard right there, is it not? You just heard the straight up you heard the straight truth from what these people think. We know a lot of people come here because they're, they're promised milk and honey from the Biden administration. And then when they see videos like this of individuals saying, Hey, just come here, have kids. These are your anchor babies. This, this is, this is the gold mine. This is what they're told. And so when you have people like this saying stuff like that, and we hear about rapes, we hear about kidnappings, we hear about child sex trafficking. Well, that's because you have people like that who are who are coming up here to do this. Like this isn't some third world savage. This isn't like some sophisticated thief. This is just like a criminal who's believing the propaganda of whatever's being told to people out there. Come to America, have a kid. The kid the kid gives you all kind of benefits. You don't have to do anything. That's how people see America. They don't see America as the land of the the the, the, the bold, home of the free. Land of the free, home of the brave. They don't see that anymore. They don't see America as like that shining, that shining light on the hill. They don't see America as a land of opportunity. They don't see that. They see America as a thing that they can steal from. Something they can, they can, they can rob. Something they can take as their own. Americans are suckers. Americans are chumps. Americans are are are, are bozos that are going to get played. Scamming taxpayers. So and, and that's what's crazy. This is this is as they've said before, 2016 issue carried over into the future that is having these type of ish, these these type of ramifications. So I'm not I'm not racist or elitist or any of these type of things. I'm looking at what is happening to our nation, the changing demographics, why we have people why we have people coming over here trying to do these things. Because again, they're not sitting engineers. They're not sending scientists, architects, mathematicians, right? They're not sending great artists. You literally just heard somebody say, hey, here's how you cheat the system. I don't have to work. Basically, just get up here, find you like a Western girl who's going to have sex with you, who's born here in America, father her child, and then you can get in for free. 
This will become even more apparent and even more disgusting as we proceed through this segment. But I want, and there's a reason why I started this episode, this segment off with just this clip of an entitled migrant saying, Hey, my child pays for everything. She is the gold mine. She's got all kinds of benefits because she's American. Think, think about, wait, it, like it's, it, it's crazy, but he's cheapening the daughter of cheapening the life of his daughter. He's reducing the existence of his daughter essentially to, uh, to like a charity donation type thing. Think about how crazy that is. And so when, I, when I'm talking about building out the freedom faction entity as a whole, as a business, as an operation, as a movement in these crazy and despotic times, my daughter will have to contend or coexist with people who, 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 who did this route, who chose this route. So as I'm that sucker American still trying to build in this broken system, you've got people scamming the system, trying to destroy it from within. It's truly crazy. Moving forward. And just keep this in mind because I got an article that we're going to close this segment with that puts parenting, uh, you know, parenting, fatherhood, motherhood, families, lineage, progeny, all this stuff. It's going to put it into question. It's just something you should think about. Chinese nationals crossings illegally have jumped over 4,000% since 2021. Cameras witnessed hundreds. And over the weekend, Fox cameras witnessed hundreds of Chinese nationals crossing illegally here in Hakumba. Again, most of them single adults, very few, if any, with little children with them. John and Sandra, this is not normal. These numbers are shooting through the roof when it comes to the Chinese. Just to put it in perspective, look at this stunning graphic. CBP source is telling Fox News in the last four and a half months since October 1st, there have been more than 20,000 Chinese nationals encountered at our southern border. That is up more than 4,000 percent over all of fiscal year 2021 when there were just 450 Chinese nationals encountering. Keep in mind, we still have almost eight months left in fiscal year 2024 to go. Yeah, we're not done. You can expect to see more terror attacks. I would expect more cyber attacks and things like that as well. Heard me documented over here on the show. They're going to have ground troops even though it's like a even though it's like a world war or like a soft war or a silent war, they still have to have ground troops here willing to carry out X, Y, and Z. Uh, but here is another news clip about how the fastest growing criminal organization in the world has now entered the U.S. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for choosing Nine News Now. I'm Estela Casas. The fastest growing transnational criminal organization known as the Tren de Aragua has arrived at the border. KTSM 9 News reporter Oriana Potaro tells us about this gang from Venezuela and how it's threatening safety to borderland families. It's a story you'll see only on KTSM. The U.S. Border Patrol said it detained 38 suspected Tren de Aragua members between October of 2022 and October of 2023, some right here in the El Paso border, according to a report by CNN. KTSM spoke with agent Britton Boyd to see how they are posing a threat to our community here and nationally. He said the people associated with the Tren de Aragua arrived mixed with regular migrants, making it difficult to sort them out as they arrive into the United States. When they come to a new place, they do it uh, oftentimes through immigrant pathways, taking advantage of people from 
within their own community. Rende Arawa gang members who are identified are put into prosecution uh, pathways for 1325 illegal entry into the United States. And the reason why this is such a big issue for El Paso residents is our location on the border, a de facto hub for Venezuelan migration. I also spoke to former Texas Border Patrol agent Amon Blair, who says the Tren de Aragua uses extortion to fund their organization, going to local migrant-owned businesses and extorting money from them. He was very concerned with how little is known about this criminal organization in the United States. Agent Amon Blair said that with the infiltration of the gang in the United States, there will most likely be an increase in crimes like human smuggling and sex trafficking. What is even more concerning is how hard it's been for local enforcement to track down gang members, mostly due to the fact that there's very little criminal records. And secondly, the estranged relationship between Venezuela's government and the United States government, which does not allow for much exchange of information. And coming up at 6 p.m., we'll be telling you how the Tren de Aragua operates and what distinguishes them from MS-13. Venezuelan migrant gangs operating in sex trafficking and drugs entering into the U.S. And we have no idea about these people. <laughs> just no idea. We're just letting them in, you know, letting them kidnap kids, traffic kids, sell drugs to your friends. Right. And this is this is these are all very real things that are taking place. There's always a victim with these type of crimes, and we never hear about it. The the gentleman you guys heard at the start of this segment, the gentleman that was, you know, saying, "Hey, my baby pays for everything." Venezuelan migrant, Venezuelan migrant, immigrant. Trend de what is it? Trend de Aragua, Trend de Aragua, and what makes them different from MS13? So it's like, hey, what kind of Satan do you like? Do you like the pointy, the, the, the pointy-tailed horn Satan, or do you like the Lucifer that they depict in, in Netflix? It's 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 absolute badness. Which how this criminal gang's like this criminal gang. It's like, why don't you throw a freaking ISIS in there as well? Or are they just like a different class? And so you see what's happening, just like these different layers and layers, it's the different levels of gangs and uh confederacies that we're that we're going up against. It's crazy. You're fired. Angry residents confront Democrat mayor for defending immigration policies after Lake and Riley murder. An article by Chris Enlow from the Blaze Media. They put this up February 28th. It says angry residents voiced their frustration on Wednesday with Athens Clark County Mayor Kelly Gritz for downplaying a connection between immigration chaos and the heinous murder of Lake and Riley. At a press conference, Gertz defended Athens from critics who have described it as a so-called, quote, sanctuary city city. Gritz claimed, or Gertz claimed, that's not true, despite the city passing a resolution in 2019 welcoming all people, including immigrants living in the U.S. illegally, to Athens, essentially making the city a de facto sanctuary city. Gritz's def defensive posture drew angry outbursts from residents at the press conference. Other residents suggested that Gertz's denial was insulting their intelligence, while others demanded his resignation. Residents also claimed that Gertz shared responsibility for Riley's death and even shouted at him, quote, you're fired. At one point, Gertz warned people that, quote, against conflating immigration and crime. 
That assertion led to more outbursts from angry residents. I've received many calls, many emails, many queries from the press in recent days about this notion of a sanctuary city. And so I want to lay some things to rest here today. This term sanctuary city doesn't have a sole legal or procedural definition. You can look in Georgia statute and you can find a clear definition for a unified government. You can look in contractual language and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Sanctuary city doesn't track with either of those. And so that term means different things to different people, depending on the context of the discussion. Many of the elements, many of the elements, we are here to listen. We are here to listen. There will be time for questions. Many of the aspects that are ascribed to sanctuary cities are things that are disallowed by Georgia law. And we contribute a document every year to the Georgia Department of Audits indicating that we do not correspond to these definitions under state law. Yes, you do. And no policies have been adopted by the mayor and commission that have created sanctuary city status in Athens. You need to resign. One protocol that sometimes arises. One protocol. Sir. One protocol that sometimes arises. Full clip is much more powerful. I wish we had the full clip in its entirety. It's much more powerful because the, the, the citizens get much more unruly, much more rowdy, much more direct to the point to where he stops talking. He says, sir, I'd like to discuss this with you, but at a, at a later date. He's like, yeah, I'd love to discuss this with you. Let's talk. And this is the type of stuff that needs to happen. This is the type of stuff that needs to happen, in all honesty. You need to be able to call out your officials and say, you're fired. You're not doing your job right. You're endangering the citizens, my neighbors, the loved ones I have around me. We need to get you out of here. I don't know what your name is. I don't know what you do, but you need to get replaced. I don't know what agenda you have. I don't know whose allegiances you have. It's clearly not to these people. You need to get out of here. And I pray to God that we start having more of that. I really do. But see, even and and I knew I would say that I knew I would say this and have this thought process because I, I pull back and I look at it. This is a part of the frustration as well. This is a part of the Biden administration as well, to where people are just so frustrated by the overall incompetence and lack of genuine effort to to solve a problem that they're 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 going to destroy these people. They're going to destroy these people. They're going to have even less faith in the system. And as I played for you in the first segment, after the honorable mentions, it'll set the stage for the second American revolution because the jobs won't go to the Americans. The jobs will go to the migrants. The upscale town of Seaport in Boston is turning an office building into, you guessed it, a shelter to house illegals. Tonight, some people who live in this neighborhood voice their anger and frustration at a community meeting with state officials about this emergency shelter that's opening its doors. Neighbors feel like they had no say in this process, and officials had no answers for them either. Can we finally have a little bit of decorum in the room? No, this is my neighborhood. You Ming neighbors who call Four Points home grilled state officials about the 80 migrants who will call 24 Farnsworth Street a temporary home.
The office space owned by the Unitarian Universalist Association will be turned into the latest overflow shelter. How is it a done deal when you cannot answer these questions? Safety and security, location and facilities topping the concerns. You said this is real. How are you going to ensure we're safe? So we get no say as residents of the town, residents of the city, neighbors. I would like to see a little bit more compassion. That's my point of view. Thank you. Neighbors like Brian Curley say the community didn't have a voice before the decision was made. I think there's a lot of angry residents here who feel the same way I do, that this was being forced on us. General Scott Rice, who's overseeing the state's strange shelter system, found security for families living in the shelter and neighbors in the community. Our track record has been very good. We've had very, very, very few incidents. United Way is the nonprofit that will run the shelter. Neighbors voiced their concerns to them about no showers on site and a plan to bus migrants to local Ys for services. Though United Way says there will be at least six bathrooms in the space. We certainly would not put anybody in the space that has anything unsafe for them. And while some are ready to welcome shelter residents with open arms. This is a great idea. Smart thinking. I think it should happen more often. Some are still frustrated at the lack of information. There was a lot of questions tonight. There were not a lot of answers. State officials say there'll be another meeting on Friday where they hope to have more answers for the community. Yeah, they, they won't have more answers. They're just going to have even more. Uh, <laughs> they're going to have even more political speech. They're going to have even more like rhetoric. Even more lies of how they trick people out. I mean, people people aren't blind, right? People have seen what this type of situation does to communities, to neighborhoods, and ultimately what it's doing to the entire nation. Of course, they're concerned. Of course, they're upset. It's like, it, it's, it's like if I got a, a note on my door, hey, we need to have a meeting. I'll put it to this way. Like we have a, I live over here in Los Ranchos. It's kind of like out, on the outskirts of the city-ish, kind of. But they're building like a, a an apartment complex, like right around the corner. And, and, and residents are upset. And they've been outraged because we live like in a pretty like ranch farmland like area. So to have like a, an apartment complex is just, it looks disgusting. People are upset about it. But imagine if they filled that entire apartment complex with migrants. I'm knocking on wood right now, so I don't jinx myself. I would be like, hey, I got to get out of here. I have to move because I know what an entire apartment complex full of freshly imported migrants is going to do to property value and the surrounding area. Like we have a, we have a Walgreens. We got like a few restaurants, a couple bars, like down the way. You put if you put that near, you put all the migrants near there. Like all those places are going to get robbed. They're all going to get stolen. There's going to be all kinds of problems. We know what this is. People are reading the news. People can see what's happening, and they're rightfully rightfully so upset. But the fact that we have a government that's being inept by by default, they're going to cause even more problems. And so I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry. I don't I don't feel sorry for them. I think like this is this is a this is a wake up call of what happens when you have taxation without representation. This is what happens when you have like a centralized consolidated power group calling the shots and nobody's able to be held accountable. They start making moves and doing all kinds of stuff. Nobody's on the same page and everybody suffers. And we're told just to adapt. Like this right here. 
Look at this. Illegal alien twice cut loose from Sanctuary County Jail, now accused of killing a two-year-old Maryland boy. An article by Joseph McCannon on the Blaze. They put this up February 28th. It says, an illegal alien from El Salvador has been arrested and charged with murder in, con in, in connection to the February 8th slaying of a two-year-old Maryland boy, Jeremy Pukakaris, and the grievous wounding of the boy's mother. So El Salvador, where, where Nayib Bukele sent all of his people, he sent them all up here, the ones he didn't lock down and move to that new Supermax prison, he sent them all up here. They're now up here causing all this kind of chaos. So we've got El Salvadorians out here killing two-year-old children. We got Venezuelans out here setting up gangs, having children here in America to bypass the system. The, and guess what? They're not going to take these people back. Mexico said they're not going to take these people back. They're probably going to have to build new jails over there in El Salvador and, and, and in Venezuela. What is the deportation effort going to look like? Because this is this is this is incredible. Listen. My daughter's two years old. If my wife, oh my God, if my if 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 this happened to me, I would go extremely silent. I would find out where this man lives, and I would kill him. I wouldn't allow. I, I think the Christian part of me says like I would have to forgive him. I think I'd forgive him after I after I took the life from him, after I saw the life leave this man's eyes. I would forgive him. Let me. I think there. I think there might be a clip. Person of interest. No. No. Nope. Looks like it's just the. It's the full. It's the full testimony, <clears throat> or the full report. It says that uh, prior to allegedly killing the child, Salvadorian national Nilson Granados Trejo. Was twice was twice arrested and twice freed in a nearby sanctuary county, despite an out, an outstanding removal order and detain detainer request from immigration officials. According to Prince George's County Police Department, a detective working in the area on the fourteen hundred block of Kanoa Street in Langley Park heard gunfire and attempted to locate the source. What the detective ultimately found was a dying toddler beside his wounded mother. Jeremy Pukakaris was taken to a hospital where he died shortly thereafter. His 17-year-old mother, apparently struck in the leg, survived the attack and was released from the hospital days later. Police indicated that the mother and the child were not the intended targets. A witness reportedly saw two of the suspected shooters take shots at another group of thugs during a dispute over drug territory, striking Jeremy and his mother. The boy's mother, who's a, whose identity has been concealed in some reports because she is a teen victim and a witness, claimed she was pushing her son in a stroller down Kanawa Street when two groups of thugs began shooting. Quote, I grabbed my son and I tried to save my son. That was all I could think about, said the bereaved mother. And let that sink in. Let, let, let that sink in. An 18-year-old new mother literally just going for a stroll with her daughter. She has her life tragically taken from her by a migrant who is in a a, a, a battle, a, a shootout with other migrants over drug territory. 
You can't make this up. You can't make this up. And this son of a gun is the one that did it. And the sad part is, how many times have we heard stories like this? Absolutely. Like that's 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 heartbreaking. That's heartbreaking. That's not right. But the sad part is, is, is again, this is not an isolated event. Listen to this. Here's the sad story of an entitled illegal alien who killed an American citizen over Trader Joe's care packages. A migrant waiting on his care packet from the government, waiting for his $3,000, his free health care, his free internet and free cell phone, got upset because of how long it was taking the government to give him his care package. And do you know what this man did? He gets upset. He goes to a freeway overpass and starts to throw rocks over that freeway overpass. Unfortunately, a daughter driving her parents home, she's driving, her mother is in the passenger seat and her father is in the back seat. While they are driving, one of these rocks that this migrant, upset migrant, threw over the freeway pass came through the windshield and hit, struck the mother in her head. The 911 call of the father crying and pleading for law enforcement and, and you know, help to get to the side of the freeway to help her as he's describing the situation he says that he can see her brain and he's crying this this brought me to tears guys i'm, I'm sorry this, this, is, this is very troubling but unfortunately she didn't make it someone's sense of entitlement caused them to to get upset in a country that that you're not even from and throw rocks over a freeway overpass unaliving a mother right with her daughter watching this You guys will have to go on TikTok and, and, and listen to that phone call, but that image in my mind and hearing that 911 call brought me to tears. And, and that's very unfortunate. And I'm sorry that for that family. You're in my prayers. And I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you. 
This is who's coming over here. It's crazy. This is who's coming over here. So it's not considered elitist, racist, or any kind of ist for us to say, hey, this is not right. Because elections have consequences. This is a consequence. And this isn't even like an election. This is a selection. This is the agenda. This is the clash of civilizations. This is the culture clash. This is the forced integration of a non-compatible population. This is the globalist trying to create their new world order. That's heartbreaking. And that's what I'm saying. There are, there are countless numbers of stories out there like this right now. And that sentiment is building. The blood cries out to God for justice. And this administration where you got that guy in office, the one, the clown, the bozo, right? Laughing as we demand just central rep- retribution, simple, a simple balance of law and order, not, not more of this lawlessness. Not more of this. California, donde la vida no vale nada, donde no hay respeto a la vida. Oakland, California. Y la ciudad nos tiene abandonado. Una balacera muy grande. The video caption there says, Oakland makes a third world country seem safe. <clears throat> and it's got a video of just, for audio listeners that can't see, it's got a video of just people kicking a random car. Just kicking some random car, stomping on it, dancing on it, which you've seen time and time again. No, it's not politically motivated. No, there's not Black Lives Matter. This is taking place in Oakland, California. We're just last week and the week before last, we played a clip of a woman resident out there saying, look, there's no Walgreens here. There's no Walmart here. There's no jobs here. Look at that. Look at that. Look at how many people. Look at how many kids this is. Kids or young adults. They don't got, they don't got, you know. They don't got anything to do. They don't got school. They don't got work. They don't got families. These are the directionless denizens that are just looking for something to do. Stopping a car is just that. A record six tons of meth valued at $117 million has been seized trying to enter Texas from Mexico. You think they can find some willing mules or willing participants? In the previous clip I just showed you guys, you think they can find some willing, directionless denizens? Six tons of meth coming through. Because you know Americans, we love our meth, we love our heroin, we love our cocaine. Ho, ho, ho. We love our opiates. Ho, ho, ho. We, we love the soft death. And think about what this really means. We're just getting flooded with drugs. Just flooded with drugs. We talked the other week about how China could potentially be growing marijuana and just infl- and, and and just selling that out there to people somehow on mass scales. The cartel is saying that Montana is like the last drug-free spot, so they got all kinds of drugs they're trying to push over there. They're flooding us with this because it makes you weaker. You look at, listen, you look at those clips of uh, Zelensky, right? Vladimir Zelensky, when he talks now, that dude's a cokehead. 
He's snorting. He's shaking. He's touching his nose, man. He's looking like he French kissed the Pillsbury Doughboy. This guy is on something. And I want you to think about that, too, while we have this article pulled up here. When things really start popping off, because drugs are a weapon. In war, drugs are a weapon, for sure. When stuff starts popping off, like, think about just the 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 same way we talk about people who need prescription drugs and things like this, if there was like a power outage. Well, think about like all the cokeheads, the potheads, the alcoholics, the pill heads, the pill poppers. What happens when they don't get their pills or when they don't get their meth? They start having those withdrawals and personality changes. Problems start coming up. They become like a whole different person. They switch, they flip. So they keep it together because society's keeping it together and it gives them their drugs. But if society falls apart, you're gonna have a whole bunch of people going through withdrawal that are angry and they're gonna they're 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 gonna change. And so this is a long-term thing, man, getting people addicted to drugs, having this type of culture, this environment. So I'm saying, man, it does not, it does not stop there. Uh, men in Chicago caught a carjacker who, who crashed a stolen car and was trying to flee the accident. Stolen car right now. Look at this bitch. Yo, you can't breathe now. You can't breathe now. Ah, uh, you can't breathe now. Huh? Ah, you like to steal cars? You like to steal cars? Yeah, that bitch ass. Oh, shut your bitch ass up. Shut your bitch ass up. Ah, motherfucker. You like to steal cars, right, motherfucker? Okay. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Fuck you. I'll be here tomorrow. Look what you fucking did, motherfucker. You lucky I didn't pop you, right? What, what you run for? You, you see that clock, right? You, what you run for, though? Uh, <laughs> crazy. So crazy. Let me let me fast forward it here to where you guys can see the clip <clears throat> of what the car looks like. Where the cops at? Um, and you got to think, man, there, there's a, there's a phenomenon going on right now called the Kia boys where, you know, any kind of Kia car can be stolen. You just have to like pop out the ignition starter and it's like literally like a, a USB or something that you hook in there and you can start a car with it. It's crazy. And so you have a lot of carjackings taking place right now. Kia boys is what they call them. They take a car, they crash it, they jump out, they go find another Kia. A lot of thefts taking place. And so this is something that you can learn by watching like TikTok videos, Instagram videos, you name it. Americans are doing it. Immigrants are doing it. People in China are doing it. It's a, it's a whole thing. And so I think that's some of what's going on here. I don't know if it's a Kia that he stole, but car thefts are up. And if, you know, if he's crashing cars, running away from the, the, the scene of the crime, obviously he's done this before. But again, let's let's pull back from even just that. The fact that we have citizens having to step up and, and, and catch these people is a whole nother thing. Part of me thought when we would jump into this clip that we would hear like a migrant, you know, that he would be speaking in a foreign language. He wouldn't be, you know, understanding of what's going on. But this is an American citizen. This is an African-American citizen crashing cars. Now, I don't know if he's doing it for nefarious purposes, if he's just a bad, if he's just a bad driver or what, but 
he's not an isolated event. That's what I'm trying to say. Just last week, we played a clip for you guys of where a migrant did the very same thing. Grabbed a car, a state-owned truck, started driving it through the city, crashing into all kinds of stuff. And he tried to flee as soon as he crashed it. This is not an isolated event. That's what these people keep doing. Let's, uh, let's back it up so we can see the car one more time. Robert. I caught his ass, man. He was running that way. I brought his ass back over here. Chased him with a gun, too. He knows it. Let me move. Let me move. You saw we caught, man. I don't give a fuck about no carjacker. We do it for the people. Fuck this bitch ass nigga. Crazy. Crazy. California police pursuit ends in dramatic chase after stolen semi truck sparks and flames fly. So we got another case of a stolen truck of migrants having a field there in Cucamonga, California. Police not basically being helpless, but just just watching. And I can't help but think when I see stuff like this now. That this is the generation that grew up on Grand Theft Auto. The same way we're talking about the pod people, the ones that grew up on TikTok, social media, Instagram, YouTube, all this, that and more. There are other people that grew up that way, too. There are other types of pod people. And so while you were consuming Facebook and more, there were other people practicing to kill you. Practicing to come to America and have their five minutes of fame. And they wanted their five minutes of fame like this. Crazy. Steals a semi-truck, gets into a police car, crashes it, and then runs. And then runs. Insane. Illegals are demanding more free housing. Apparently it shut down a Seattle City Council meeting. Let's listen. Take a break from the meetings. Seattle City Council disrupted as asylum seekers and their supporters once again pleaded for support. Council President. Oh, so pimps and hookers asked for more money. You're saying the pimp went to the regional pimp and said, you need to give us more money. That's that's how I see this. Let's let's run that back one more time. Asylum seekers and their housers said we need more money. The pimps and the hoes went to the police and said, hey, you need to ha- you need to let us take in more Johns. Seattle City Council disrupted as asylum seekers and their supporters once again pleaded for support. Council President Sarah Nelson saying there are limited resources here. I don't really want to participate in in the, a conversation that should be had with uh, county leaders, state leaders, 
federal leaders. Council ultimately took a break from the meeting in the middle of chants from protesters yelling on behalf of the refugees. At one point, Councilmember Kathy Moore requested that SPD take action. I request that we have police response. Uh, our physical safety is being threatened by the actions of the demonstrators outside banging on the windows. Eventually, arrests were made. It's the second time in two months that the group from Latin America has called upon Seattle leaders to fund their temporary housing. Refugees have been living in different area hotels, most recently this one in Kent. That stay was funded by Seattle taxpayers. Ennis from Venezuela said she knows this protest wasn't the most correct thing to do, but they've got kids. They feel pressured to act for them. And there's... Where them kids from? The American kids, they Venezuelan kids, girl? Most likely Venezuelan, but you, you get what I'm saying. So now we have asylum seeker supporters demanding that the government give them more money for the uh, for the migrants that they're taking in. It's incredible. That's incredible. And as I hear just this clip right here, I can't help but think to myself, these asylum seeker supporters are going to be the Antifa force multipliers. The asylum seekers are also going to be Antifa force multipliers. So the same way you hear me talking about creating something so I can force multiply what the podcast is doing, all these people you hear, you see right here, they're going to be out there in the streets whenever these protests start popping off. They're going to be out there in the streets with Antifa blowing stuff up because they have been trained and indoctrinated and told it is cool to hate America. And America honestly owes you more. You're owed more. You see? New York City Mayor Eric Adams says that we need to modify sanctuary city law. An article by Frank Bergman from the Slay News, they put this up February 28th. It says Democrat Mayor Eric Adams has finally declared that the New York City needs to, quote, modify its, quote, sanctuary city law. Before New York City had a problem with unlawful southern border crossers, the northeastern city declared itself a so-called, quote, sanctuary for illegal aliens. Quote, sanctuary cities have laws in place that prevent officials from turning illegal migrants over to federal immigration officials even if they commit crimes. However, now that the migrant crisis has been exported from border communities to, quote, sanctuary cities and states, Democrat local leaders like Adams have found themselves in a trap of their own making. As the migrant crisis and the resulting violent crime wave have continued to spiral out of control in New York City, Adams now appears to be walking back his pro-illegal immigration agenda. During a Monday night town hall meeting, video footage shows Adams suggested a reversal to, illegal, to the city's illegal alien policies. Let me see if I can find that quick video as he does that about step. Just uh, not wanting to take in any illegals. What? You don't want to have any illegals? Why not? They enrich your culture. They make everything better. Why wouldn't you want them there? New York City Mayor Eric Adams. You know, and we can we can make jokes about this. This is actually very serious because it's only going to be a matter of time uh, until these people are replaced. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, Americans as a whole, so on and so forth. And so while we might make a joke about this, he, they, these, these guys are going to get steamrolled. I mean, just last week we talked about how they want to give $10,000 to, to, to illegal immigrants. And now we're saying we need to modify the laws. So I, I, I don't know if I can find the, 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 the clip or the, the video of it. 
I lied. I should have just kept scrolling. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see because I mean we've reported on it here. We've we've played clips from Muckraker as well, where they've done inside exposés of what's going on inside these micro facilities, and it's 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 shooting, stabbings, death, uh, drug trafficking, and more. And I mean, you got to understand if that's what they've been doing their whole way up here, they're not going to stop just because they got to America. That's what they've been doing to survive. And so whenever I keep using this word compatible and that phrase third world savages and incompatibility, these are the types of things that in a modern society we have gotten away from. But as we have been lowered and our declining standards have been, have, have, have gotten worse. Well, now we're tolerating these types of things. We're tolerating the pimps and the hoes. We're tolerating the sex trafficking. We're, to we're tolerating the drugs the shootings, the stabbings, the car crashes, the crime waves, the everything else. This is this is very unnatural to the modern American world. But that's the sad part is they're, they're making it normal. You see, uh, moving forward, New York Governor ha Kathy Hochul is moving forward with her plan to hand illegal immigrants thousands of the best jobs in New York City, saying that, approved earlier this it says that New York is even giving, even changing their laws to give illegal government jobs. They're dropping high school diploma and English proficiency requirements. Just you can't make this stuff up. So they're 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 importing people that don't speak your language to take over your job. So you have no idea what what's going on. Like how how crazy is all of this? Can you send some of the migrants up here? We need them. I hear this in every corner of the state. Governor Kathy Hochul's administration recently agreed to a proposal that could make it easier for migrants to get temporary jobs in state government. Approved earlier this month, the Civil Service Commission is working with agencies to implement the changes, which include dropping typical application requirements like proof of a high school diploma or proficiency in English. I have 10,000 openings in the New York State workforce from our operations to SUNY. I have 10,000 openings. So this is to give options for people, but to say we are working intensely to get work authorization applications. These are all legal people. The goal is to make it faster for migrants to get jobs once they get legal work authorization. Hochul is eyeing around 4,000 entry-level positions that are currently unfilled within state agencies. Those include clerical or administrative roles, technical support, equipment service and repair jobs, as well as those positions in food services. Those jobs won't be limited to just migrants, and officials are billing it as a win-win, according to an internal memo obtained by New York One. I'm anxious to get this moving quickly, and once they're approved, we can match people to jobs. Uh, they don't need to be reliant on services any longer, which I think is the objective, to not have people supported by taxpayers in our shelters. It's part of an ongoing effort to inject new blood into a shrinking state workforce. Testifying before the state legislature on Tuesday, 
the head of the Civil Service Commission decried vacancies, saying they've already implemented temporary hiring measures on an emergency basis. Mayor Eric Adams also likes the new idea. I would love to use migrants and asylum seekers uh, to help with the lifeguard shortage. We've been successful um, uh, to get um, um, almost 30,000 people, the total application included work authorization, asylum, and TPS. Uh, we want more. He says the key is to speed up the federal government's long process that greenlights work approval, especially for the nearly 67,000 individuals currently living in the city's care which could help the state labor department fill around 40,000 open positions posted by private businesses. But they're mainly outside of the Big Apple. We're also looking forward to the state continuing to work with us to resettle families. But it's been an ongoing struggle to convince migrants to relocate upstate. And the state's resettlement program has thus far only attracted a little over 100 migrants to that program. Bernadette Hogan, New York One. All right, I appreciate you, Bernadette. I appreciate you, Bernadette. Uh, so what's, what's crazy is here's that highly skilled, highly trained class of people being replaced with people that have not, like you want to talk about wealth transfer, right? This is it right here. And so you're taking people that again, experience deficit. You're taking people from positions and say, Hey, I'm going to kill you with this life endangering shot unless you, you take it. You have them leave their position. It creates problems. They import replacements that don't that literally don't speak the language, but can just handle the bare minimum of maintaining the system. And you 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 give these people who have no understanding of what what's going on, basically a step up and over everyone that actually does know what's going on. And so just like that, you've closed the door shut. You've 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 created a, a, a two party system where the people who have no idea what's going on, they're just being told to vote. So they so they keep having more and more power in the system that illegally gave it to them. And so they illegally give it to them, making things tighter and more tight knit, while the people who are aware of the real system are squeezed out. And dis and, and, and disenfranchised farther and farther. That's going to be crazy to see. And this is what you've already heard. You've already heard migrants that want to be in the military, migrants that want to be your police officers, migrants that are going to be your teachers. You've seen all these things, all these talking points gradually come into play. Because that's the agenda. That's the replacement agenda. And so for the final, we've got like, I've got an article to cover and I'm going to play the quick trailer for you guys to, to, to finish it out. I'm going to play a quick little trailer, quick little video clip. It's what I, what I mentioned at the start of the show, a man in the Philippines walking around buying people for a hundred dollars for a hundred dollars. You can buy, you can buy a wife in the Philippines. I want you to think about that. Okay. As we've talked about what's going on in South, South America, the sex trafficking, the child sex trafficking, the human trafficking, the kidnapping, Everything that comes with that. Again, how these migrant gangs that get up here, they get set up. They engage in drug trafficking, human trafficking, different crimes and things like this. They grab cars. They, they, they do this where they're from. So why not do it here? You see, in this video, you're going to watch a Western man go down to one of these impoverished countries 
and he's gonna he's 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 basically gonna pay. He's he's he like this is insane to me. I'm trying to rationalize and trying to set a preface for just some pervy old white dude going down to a third world country to buy little little girls. And we all know what the heck he's going to do to that little girl when he gets her home. And that's a horrible idea. This is a real economy. This is this is this is a whole business. This is a real economy. And now that economy is beginning to run out of clientele. They're coming up here. They're coming to grab our kids. And this is why you've heard me talk about this as well. You've heard me talk about this as well. How they need a new blood supply. Let me play this quick clip, guys, then I'll give my analysis afterwards. I think I'm just I'm I'm so thrown off by this that it's crazy. That it's crazy. But again, this is a it's a cultural thing. And I guess because we are in a different culture, I don't think it's compatible. I, uh, but again, I may be wrong. Let's play this. And again, I'll give my analysis and commentary afterwards. Hey, a 19 year old girl is being sold like a commodity. Soon she becomes the wife of a 45 year old man. Her mother counts the money on the spot. Observing her expression, she seems quite satisfied with the transaction. The girl's price surpasses that of most locals. She even gives a thumbs up praising the man's generosity. This is a slum in the Philippines. They live in shanties for generations below. There's an endless sea of garbage. A foul smell can be sensed from afar. Every local family has six or seven children, and 80 of them are girls. It's truly a land of daughters. Because there's no means of livelihood, becoming a commodity has become the only way out. Whenever tourists come here, whether they are 12 or 13 or even under 10 years old, girls gather around, hoping foreign visitors will choose them to take them away from this dirty and chaotic slum. And their price is very low, usually around 10,000 pesos, equivalent to about 200 US dollars. Compared to the cost of getting a wife domestically, it's almost like giving them away. For someone earning 5,000 a month, coming here means having three or four wives, living a life of abundance. The girl in front of us just turned 19. She is the eldest in her family, with a younger brother and two younger sisters. She has always wanted to alleviate the family's financial pressure. Today, she caught the eye of an older man. Due to her good looks, the man unprecedentedly offered 100,000 pesos, the highest price in the local area. This deal made the girl's mother overjoyed, and the girl gave all the money to her parents, hoping for a better living condition at home. Although it's a transaction for a wife, the wedding ceremony is not to be skipped. The man is already 45 years old with a stable economic foundation. He also organized the most luxurious wedding in the local area for the girl. People look on with envy, wishing that the person in the wedding dress is themselves. Because marriage is like a second life. Choosing to marry a local boy, they would have already had children at the age of just becoming adults and still be living in this slum with no change in life. But marrying a wealthy foreigner, even if he is older, they can escape from here. Having suffered since childhood, they are tired of this life, eager to break free. The older man is happy to have such a tender wife, with the age difference being like an old bull with tender grass. In their simple wooden house, they hold the local wedding ceremony. The girl joyfully dances the local money-grabbing dance, all gifts from relatives and friends, symbolizing an increase in wealth. After the local ceremony, the man can't wait to kiss his new bride, prompting cheers from the crowd. Sitting outside the door, the younger sister secretly wipes away tears, not sure if she envies her sister's wedding, or if she's anticipating the day she will be sold. You learn something new every day. I mean, it's, it's it's what we knew, but at the same time, I think it's just crazy to hear in the context of what's going on with immigration, uh, 
the, 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 the culture clash, all these things, human trafficking, pedophilia, just a whole lot going on here. But this is this is American culture. This is Western culture that we're talking about. Asiatic Eastern culture is completely could be something different. I mean, you 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 heard the conditions there. They live in shanties for generations. Uh, there's a sea of garbage. You know, foul smells can be. You can smell it. You know, they have five or six girls, and eighty percent of them are five or six kids, and eighty percent of them are girls. You know, and they and they they're used to selling the girls to to good God to pay for things. You know, and that's that's why when we hear what's going on with Muslims and that whole culture of potentially selling a child for a goat, that that's that's not unheard of in, in, in other places. In America, we live in this somewhat protected bubble that the rest of the world doesn't necessarily benefit from or doesn't really have. And so, of course, they see us as this golden goose. And that's why you have people coming to come take everything we have, because it's getting harder and harder out there. Again, living in shanties for generations, guys. Think about that. For generations. Not just your parents, but your grandparents living in the same shanty. Is it the same the, the same shanty like house or the same shanty village? And so it, it, it's it's just wild to think about that this is still going on. Who is this creepy man, this creepy white dude going after like little Asian girls? You know, and 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 this is his flavor. Right. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the technocrats. Let's talk about the elites. Let's talk about the Hollywoods. Let's talk about the spirit cooking, the child sex trafficking, the, the, the satanic ritual abuse. These people, the same way we can figure out how to buy a person for 200 U.S. dollars is the same way that these people will kidnap specific children. They'll put out orders. They'll say, I need a blonde hair, blue eyed boy. I need I need a, a, a long haired, fair skinned Asian child. They'll put out orders for this type of stuff. And we've been tracking this for years. The Sound of Freedom just did a documentary on it. And that's why this is such a big deal. But I saw this pop up in my feed earlier this week, and I thought to myself, this is insane. It's creepy. It's insane. But the sad part is, is it's, it's, it's not unheard of. And it's still happening today. In the back of my head, I'm thinking like an industrious American, huh, shucks, $200 for a person? I wonder what their average wage would be. I, I think to myself, wow, $200, and I can buy like somebody? How, like, how can I buy somebody and teach them everything they need to know so they can be like, be self sufficient and come help me? Like, I don't need a slave, I just need help. <laughs> And I need a I need like a competent workforce that's like not American and lazy as hell. I need people that have like a good work ethic and a sense of like drive, passion, duty, and honor, and, and, and all this. And in third world countries where they don't have much, but they have these things, these immaterial moral things that actually have value. That's what that that's what's important. So let me go ahead and move on, guys. Again, I just thought I saw that pop up in the feed earlier this week, and I thought that was absolutely crazy. And so uh, my final article before I play my final video trailer for you guys relates to just what's happening with humanity. Experts warn that the extinction of the Y chromosome may result in a new species of humans. The extinction of the Y chromosome may result in a new species of humans. That isn't the plot for a dystopian sci-fi film, but genuine scientific theory 
we were all taught that the X and Y genes determine sex. Women have a pair of double X chromosomes and men X, Y. But what you thought or what but what you might not have been taught is that the Y chromosome is much smaller, carrying around 55 genes compared to the roughly 900 on the X. All embryos are technically female until around 12 weeks with when a gene on the Y chromosome kicks in and male development starts. Hence why males have nipples. However, it seems the Y chromosome wasn't always so small, and that's where the problem lies. It's shrinking, and some scientists worry it could disappear altogether. One of them, Professor Jeannie Graves, explained why through the lens of the platypus. In platypus, the XY pair is just a, an ordinary chromosome with two equal members, is, with, with, with two equal members she said, writing for the conversation. This suggests the mammal X and Y are an ordinary pair of chromosomes not that long ago. In turn, this must mean the Y chromosomes have lost 900 to, act, 900 to 55 active genes over the last 166 million years that humans and platypus have been involving separately. That's a loss of about five genes per million years. At this rate, the last 55 genes will be gone in 11 million years. Okay, so that may not sound like an imminent existential crisis, existential crisis, but others argue that the Y chromosome's lifespan could be a few thousand years and infinity. Humans are not the only species to have faced a Y chromosome crisis, however. Two branches of the rodent family have lost theirs and are still around today. Two species of the mole in Eastern Europe are the first, and while scientists know they are very special genes, they don't know what determines the sex of each furry critter. And so basically what they're saying is the future is female. This, that, that, that's what I'm getting when I read this. The future is female. We want to make humanity androgynous, right? We want to eradicate the Y chromosome. Males, humans, guys, men that are listening, you're nothing more than a mutation. That's how these people see us. We're a mutation that's got to get rid of. That's why they're putting the atrazine in the water, the gender bending chemicals, the hormone blockers, and all the, the puberty blockers, and all this and more. Five five genes over a, a millions of years for sure but i would say that's been accelerated to a, a a disastrous point at this point in time to where we literally have people who are taking chemicals biological chemicals to genetically change what's happening to them i know biology and gene genealogy they're, 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 they're fairly similar but you get what i'm saying trying to aggressively change their biology But what does this mean? This is this is them saying the future is female. The future is female. We're going to do away with men. Androgyny. Trans everything. Just preparing you for this 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 weird androgynous future where you, you can't tell who's who. Your consciousness doesn't have a gender, they say. And all this other crazy, crazy stuff. And so for the final crazy thing I'd like to bring up for you guys, it's something that uh, I missed. Something I missed. It's called the pod generation. Right? Sometime in the near, in the very near future. Let's see. Let's see if there's a little. In a not so distant future, tech giant Pegasus offers couples the opportunity to share their pregnancies via detachable artificial wombs or pods. And so begin Rachel and Alvy's wild ride to parenthood in this brave new world. So they're telling you everything you need to know there. And what's crazy is the uh, 
it's an interracial couple taking like a satirical approach towards having like a baby, but the um, uh, the actor Chiwetel Ejiofor, Ejiofor, Chiwetel, this guy, he was the actor in uh, the Man Who Fell from Heaven, and the Man Who Fell from Heaven is Lucifer, and I never got around to watching that that movie. But he basically does his whole thing of just telling you, like, I am the devil. I am here to change things here on and so forth. And so to see him in another movie, predictive predictive programming, in another movie where they're talking about artificial wombs, synthetic births, uh, pod people, cloning, growing humans and things like this. Well, this is this is predictive programming. This is them just telling you what it is. They're just making the dystopia sound funny. And so nobody ever asks the question, why in the dystopia, why people can't have kids, why we have to start going to, as I've said before, some type of intermediary body that regulates humanity. Nobody ever asked that question. And so now we understand it. Now we understand why so many people can't have babies and why they have to go to a body in between. Let me play this quick clip and then we'll close out the show and segment for you guys. I've been having the strangest dreams. Rachel, dreams are not reliable analytical material. That's so 20th century. Hi, Rachel. We're delighted to let you know that we've had movement on our wait list. We got a spot at the womb center. (laughs) But haven't told Albie yet. Why, Rachel? He wants a natural child. But hold on, you put us on a wait list to have a baby and an egg. No, it's not an egg. It's it's an egg. Women are reluctant to have children because it's not made convenient. We want them to pursue their careers and dreams. We can't live in the past. I want to have a child with you. Let's do it, Rachel. Really? Yeah. I'm sure you're all very excited. Parents are raving about it. It is the ultra solution. (laughs) My nephew was born at the womb center, but he doesn't dream. I wouldn't worry about it. I can't can't do it with the pot in here. What are you talking about? It can't see us. I feel Aldi is able to bond with our child, but I'm not. Maybe I'm just not ready to be a mother. You know, no one's a mother just like that. You become one. Lately, I've been holding on to something. We are considering having a home birth. I'm sorry. It's not possible. I won't raise this child without nature. Congratulations. So exciting, isn't it? I noticed a change in productivity. You do have a baby at the womb center, right? Why? Things are evolving. Your family dynamics are about to undergo tremendous changes. The pod generation. not bored in utero. Oh, yeah. We don't want any bored babies. So there you go. The birthing center. The pod generation. So you see how this all ties in? See why I wanted to end with this 
right? You've got the birthing center monitoring human procreation to where, guess what? Even, even gays, even lesbians, even trannies can have kids in the future because, well, the family dynamic is changing. Relationships aren't between a man and a woman. There's more than two genders. All we need really is your genetic material for donation. It's a sleek sci-fi satire. It's super funny. Right? It's a joke. He wants to have a normal baby. What? He wants to have a home birth. What? That's how unnatural we're becoming. And so as 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 I as I saw this, my jaw dropped. And I think it's because I've just been doing a lot of research into the the, the 1500s into the 1800s, the previous great reset that we were in, uh, pod people, Cabbage Patch Kids, and everything that comes with this, right? Babies in incubators at world fairs. You know, where where did we come from? What does family lineage look like? How come our history only goes back a certain time period? And how come after that they just say we were nothing but savages and 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 and, and slaves and stuff like this? We were Neanderthals, we were cavemans, we were in uh, we were in caves, or we were in horse and buggy. Why does our history seem so much more vast than what we're being told? Because when I look at again just the Cabbage Patch Kids and the Pod people of about the 1800s, well, where does our family lineage begin? Right. Are, are are we actually living in a time frame where there are already cloned individuals? There's there's artificial humans who who are born, and they've already got the science and technology down. They've got society engineered enough to where these facsimile people, these fake people, they can emu- imitate normal human behavior, because we're exhibiting very unnatural and, and anti-human behavior. But that's what I'm saying. Do we even know how to recognize and, and recognize human behavior if we're being manipulated and altered and, and engineered in such a degree? I mean, you heard it in this clip right here. This mother thinking that she's not a good mother and the husband having to tell her you'll be a good mother. Think about how unnatural everything I have talked to you about in this transmission and over the several years has been. They're adding a comedic relief approach to transhumanism to anti-humanism because is that not what fourth wave feminism says right kill your husband murder your family and come join the work uh, murder your child and come join the workforce and now we have people that don't even want to be kids or want to be parents and the people that are stepping up to be parents like that girl you heard who wants to do her OnlyFans show instead of watching her kid are the people that are stepping up to be parents. And so there's a lot going on with this. I'm sure I'll refer to it more in the future now that it's come out. But the fact that it's out, it, it, it's it's predictive programming. It's telling you everything you need to know. As I said before, nobody asked the question as to why a vast amount of the population is, is sterile and infertile and incapable of actually producing. Why a fertility clinic or a birthing center would actually be needed? Nobody ever asked those types of questions. Well, we're seeing why nobody ever asks those questions because we have the answers. They sterilize the population, and in order to keep the population going, we have to have an agreed upon 
situation or system to to keep things going. So this is or this this is te- this is how the technocrats control population. If I am just I am blown away that they could put something out like this. I really I truly am. I am absolutely stunned that they would put something out like that. But it's for people that have the eyes to see and the ears to listen that know what's going on. And we know what's going on. We can read between the lines. And so you're going to see more of that. That's why family dynamics are changing. Parenting is changing. Relationships are changing. Everything is changing. Because that's what this new world order wants. Customizable individual people. Perfectly programmable people. Like like that individual that you saw at the start of the show, that U.S. Air Forceman that burned himself alive. They want perfectly programmable people so they can have perfectly programmable children. And think about it, guys. You think about this, hearkening back to why we had the, the technical glitch and why we should probably shut it off right here. The vaccinated women that are giving birth to these vaccinated kids who are creating this the first hybrid human race that's who's going to have these kids. Those kids are the, the ones that are going to be birthed infertile will be the ones saying, oh, well, I want to be a parent. I want to be a child. I, I want to be a father. What can I do? I want to be like mommy and daddy. I want to be a dada. Well, I'm sorry, son, you're infertile. Well, we don't, but you don't have to be. We can redefine birth. We can redefine family. We can redefine everything. You may not be able to give son, give give birth, little Jimmy, but don't you worry. Now that we've talked to Pegasus, our new birthing intermediary, we can give you a child. We can we can grow one for you based off of your genetic de- information. And so that's just opening up Pandora's box. That's just opening up Pandora's box into a a level that most aren't at yet. And that's why they're softening the blow. That's why they're trying to normalize these things and make it seem like this is the natural evolution. Humans never had kids. And and I guarantee you'll hear that in the future. If you live long enough, if we live long enough, you will hear that. The humans, if they get rid of of enough of us, they can cement that myth. They'll say it in the future. The humans were never born. We were always grown. We were always made. And so when I say that you were the last natural born humans, don't take that very lightly because we have again scientific evil coming after us we have we have satanists augmented by technology listening to otherworldly messages coming after us and it's manifesting itself as an anti-human spirit it's crazy bro it's truly crazy however that's all i really have for you guys and gals i know every single episode is ingredient is getting increasingly more chaotic I'm doing my best just to try to make it through. I didn't, (laughs) I did. I don't plan to have five hours long shows. I don't plan to do these things this long. I try to get them done as fast as possible, but because of the amount of content that's coming out, the level of the information that's coming out, it's, it's, it's what we do. We're doing the best we can to try to make it make sense without it overwhelming us. I mean, we know what the end goal is, but just living through all these things as it takes place is 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 increasingly more crazy. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant.
expose lies, and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, and the exclusive members crew. Out.